It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Got Patron in my 
my cup If you want it, come and get it, shorty I don't give a fuck See, it's Friday night And I just got paid I done had a hard week Now it's time to celebrate
that what really matters is what you like, not what you are like. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow. It's the truth. You guys, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. This is your Tuesday episode. We're doing it all over again this week. You heard our Monday Pop Culture Roundup. I hope you enjoyed it. I know we talked about some serious things there, and I'm glad we can do this as you know within this community. I appreciated all the messages I got regarding that, so thank you so much. Um, and all right, you know, um, let's get back into this today because we've got a great show for you. We got a lot of laughs. We got a lot of heartwarming things. We got we just we got a lot of goodness. I'm just gonna say that. If um, I'm gonna talk about a couple things, then we're gonna go to our guest. Then we'll take a break, and then uh, we'll go to a Southern Charm recap of the season premiere of Southern Charm. Bapa do, bapa dee ee. It sounds better with the girls. Bapa do, bapa dee ee. Or Erica Jane if she did it. Bapa dee, ee. Or Sutton does it. I'll say a bapa do, bapa dee ee. <laughs> My goodness. Let's do some quick hits on uh, new the news front uh, before we get into... And by the way, I'm just... You know what? You know who our guest is today? So there is this show I've been talking about on Netflix. I hope you guys have watched it. If you haven't, I want you, I need you to watch this because it's so good. It's called Love on the Spectrum. Um, now, there's been two seasons uh, with the Australian version uh, on Netflix, but this one is the the American version. Six episodes, not a huge commitment, but we have one of the cast members with us today, Kaylin Partlow, who just, I just, ah, I loved everybody in this show and I loved her. I loved speaking to her. I cannot wait for you guys to meet her, uh, but we're going to do that in a second. I'm just going to do some news stories, talk about a few things first. We'll get to her. And like I said, then ba-ba-doo, uh, How are you guys? I hope you're good. I hope you're hanging in there. Man, it was, uh, as Rob Thomas likes to say the uh, from the song Smooth, it's a hot one in Los Angeles today. It was hot, hot, hot. Uh, I try to go hiking and, uh, I was like, oh my God, like it's sad when you get to an age where you're like, Ooh, this could be dangerous for me. When you are in your twenties, you're like, ah, who cares if I pass out due to heat because I'm so strong and buff on a hike. That's fine. My body's going to be fine. But then as you get older, you're like, wait a sec. Maybe you start hearing your mother's voice in your head. Like, like Luke Skywalker used to hear Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, it'd be like, Ryan, drink some water, please. I'm worried about you. You just, I hear this mom voice. It's not even my own mom. No, no, it's whatever. It was like a, just a different mom. It's just a mom voice. Um, and so I, I didn't even make it the full way. Not because I was like, I, it was just so hot that I started getting paranoid on a hike. You guys, what's going on, man? Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody that has joined the Patreon in the last day. Oh my gosh, man. I recapped the first episode of, uh, ultimate girls trip season two, and I had a blast doing it. We're going to be recapping the entire season over there. It will be a Patreon exclusive. Uh, but it was hello to all the new baddies out there. I mean, it was cool. We got a bunch of signups and that was really, really exciting. Um, so it says that you, I think wanted to hear that or, 
uh, you guys feel super bad for me. Either way, it's very, very exciting. Also, thank you to anybody that signed up for the YouTube channel. Uh, it, it's great. You'll be able to see this interview today on there. You'll be able to see the Southern Charm recap on there. Um, and uh, you can saw, see Sophie. I do this thing called the Bailey Mail, which is like a 13-minute uh, kind of pop culture news thing that you need for the week. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. I swear to God, it's, uh, you know, I think the YouTube is here to say. So, get hey, get with it, you guys. I do want to make another recommendation, not just Love on the Spectrum. Now, Love on the Spectrum feeds my heart and soul. It shows that these shows can do more than just show people lying, cheating, and stealing like the Housewives or Jax Taylor on Vanderpump Rules. Um, okay, but I was introduced to... And you guys probably already know about this, but I'm, I am I heard about it, but I never got into it. It's called Love Island. Love Island, you guys, is exactly well, the conceit of the show. Let me explain. Is that there is, <clears throat> let me try to really explain this well. There's an island, and there's love on that island. Boom! That is the whole show. No. So, so it's a uh, British show, you guys. It started a couple weeks ago. Uh, America got the first episode, I think, last week, and they air a different episode every day, six days a week. And uh, it's on Hulu, and you can catch up. Like, at first, I was, it, it's one of those things, it's a slow burn. Like, by the third episode, I started getting into it, and you're like, Ryan, I don't have the time for that. Well, guess what? I don't either, but I put my heart and soul into this. So I was watching Love Island. I'm just using that angry voice because I might be angry at myself for watching all of like six episodes yesterday. Anyways, so uh, the show just takes people, a bunch of like young British, they're all from different areas. They all got these big accents, so PK, which I can't do accents well, but, and there's a narrator that has a funny voice. He's like, hey, Davide, Davide, how you doing? I'm Davide. Like, there's a character named Davide on this. He's like, it's just funny. Like, the, the, it's the same BS we see with The Bachelor, but it's a little more, like, sexy. But you get to hear the British words, like, snogging and, what is it? Not fracking, but it's, uh, what is it? Well, they, they, they always go, do you know what I mean? 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 Like, they always say, do you know what I mean? That's a big one I keep noticing. And then what was the other? Like, there's all these words that I'm like, wow, that's, oh, grafting. Yeah, yeah go graft. On the, I want to be on the graft. I want to crack. Cracking. Cracking, I think, means flirting. And grafting means, like, trying to hook up with something. Yeah, you're going to gra graft. Yeah. Listen, guys, I've only watched, like, six episodes, but there's, like, 50 episodes. It airs throughout the entire summer. And you, the thing is, like, you, you try to make these couples – they have these couples, and then you can uncouple and go to another uh, person. <laughs> you can try to win over another girl or a guy, and there's these games and stuff like that. It truly is wild. I think it's like I was like a kid in a candy store. Like, it was just so – it kind of reminds me of Big Brother, and I never fully got into that, but – it's a daily commitment. I don't know. Do you guys watch Love Island? Am I like the only – they have a U.S. version, I guess, that just started a couple seasons ago. But I guess that one is not good. But the U.K. version was great. And it was like – I was like, wow, you look at me watching something foreign. I was like – I felt very 
It's like, look at me. I'm very collegiate. I'm watching foreign television. This is very amazing. Uh, so I do recommend that if you want to go on that journey with me. Uh, also, Real Housewives of Atlanta last night. What are we thinking, you guys? <laughs> Listen, this is this drop it with Drew. This continues to be a plot line on Real Housewives of Atlanta. And listen, I love to drop it. I said yesterday, I, I want to drop it with Drew. Now, my roommate Megan, she is in Chicago right now. And she said she went and even checked out one of the locations um, to like where, where they said they're doing a drop it with Drew. Because she says these, these, these weight loss programs are everywhere. And she drove by and she said there's no signage at this one place. And she says they basically take over a Pilates studio for 45 minutes at 5 a.m., Three times a week, but you wouldn't know it, supposedly, according to the website. And um, she goes, Chicago, her name doesn't seem to be attached at all. It's just called Garza Fitness. So maybe drop it with Garza? I don't know. Drop it with Garza. So we found out a little bit more on last night's episode that this wasn't really even Drew's, uh, Drew Sedora's initial idea. She has a partner that had been doing this for years, and now Drew is the face of Drop It With Drew. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if it was called Drop It with Drew even before Drew got involved? Yeah, she's like, wow, this is kismet. Your name's Drew. You can help me with this. Um, it's ridiculous. I see. Listen, Atlanta, I was talking about this with somebody in the Facebook group yesterday, uh, the So Bad It's Good Facebook group, and they they were saying, you know, how, how you know, they, I think they had just started watching Atlanta and just how amazing a franchise it is and that is just so true is that real housewives of atlanta from the jump they've been you know over a decade now just amazing because each one of those ladies that they cast on atlanta can usually usually hold their own you know like completely win in any kind like they, they don't hold back they uh but just the witticism in which they speak like it's just each one of these women are like orators in a way where they can read you and they get, you know, Potomac to a degree as well. And Potomac's almost like a shiny new object, even though it's already been around for six seasons, but it's way, you know, it's still way new, more new than Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, but Real Housewives of Atlanta, even when it's a so-so season, which I, I don't, listen, there's not a... Like I said last week, there's not a, you know, a big narrative storyline. There's fighting here and there. But what makes it entertaining is these ladies. That's, you know, that's what I like. And that's what it kind of celebrates anyways, too, is this, these housewives. So it's doing what it should do. It just doesn't have that driving force. But it's not a show that you should ever stop watching. And it's a show that this kind, these kind of relationships and fights that are happening now with like drop it with Drew and weight loss programs and Marlo and K, you know, all of this stuff, this will culminate at some point. It might not be this season, but when it culminates, it's going to culminate in something great. You know, like I, I truly believe that, but at the same time, it's still so much more watchable than Real Housewives of Dallas was at moments. You know, like on a bad day, Atlanta is still better than most housewives, period. It just is. That's just a fact. And you can love that sentiment or hate it, but it really truly is the fact because those ladies just really bring something that I think a lot of the other ladies just from other franchises find it very difficult to do. Okay, and uh, two things in regards to filming. This is very exciting. There was a Dumois blind 
that has been confirmed that they are going to be starting to shoot Summer House over the 4th of July weekend, which I believe this weekend they're going to be shooting through uh, Labor Day. So that's good. The new, the the, the filming's all uh, ready to go. So that's very, very exciting. I'm excited about that. I want to, we need to find out if Alex, my ground turkey king, is making it back for a second season. Remember Alex, the weightlifter who just made ground turkey and didn't do a lot else until the reunion when he called uh, Austin the uh, uh, the Honda what was it the Honda Civic of of men? Uh, it was a great line. I think I just mangled it. Uh, I want to know if he comes back. I was of the mind to give him another season. Also, Vanderpump Rules remember starts shooting next week as well, so we are locked and loaded there. Uh, also, guess what started filming today, you guys? If you are Succession fans, the HBO Max show. Fourth season started filming today, and I never have been happier about something in my life. That's, I don't know if that's actually true. That, let me, I don't have time to think about it, but it, this could have been the happiest moment of my life. But now that I'm thinking about it, I probably have had happier that have had actually something to do with me personally. But in terms of television, this might be one of the most exciting things I've ever heard. I loved the show Succession. And by the way, I say that like like I'm some like, look at me, a maverick loving Succession. No, we all kind of love Succession. It's a great show. And even when you don't understand Succession, you know, even when it might go over your head, your head, you still see the relationship between the characters, the humor in which they bring it, the language, all of this. Like, it really hits all of the theater geek aspect of, of my person. Like, I'm just like, oh, I love all of this. It's one of those things that almost makes me want to act more again. You know, you're like, oh, God, wouldn't it be just a amazing to read some of those lines or to do a Brian Cox like, you know, (laughs) so that's some good news. Now, before we get to Kaylin, just real quick, I want to do and I usually don't talk about this uh, because, you know, because I do so much Bravo, but 90 Day Fiance, are you guys watching it? I'm not going to recap last night's episode because it's really hard to recap a two hour episode. But let me just give you some thoughts, a little little overview, if you will. Uh, about 90 Day Fiance. Now, a couple things that I always love about 90 Day Fiance. I love the pictures uh, leading into their like personal stories because you can always tell if it's going to be a fun story for them that that episode or a dark one because it'll be like somber music and they'll be back they'll be back to back and like arms crossed like we just never get along. But then sometimes they're happy like yeah. I love that because you know somebody's making them do those poses because they're like, okay, do a happy one. Now do a sad one. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, you got to watch the show because they introduce each couple each week that they focus on with these place cards and a photo of them either looking happy or sad. And it always just makes me, it always makes me laugh so much. And I, I should be in more, I don't like to get my picture taken, but I should take more pictures in a 90 day fiance way. Of like, let, now let's do a 90 Day Fiance uh, bad episode where we're angry at each other. Um, so let's, uh, here, here. so Benny, you guys, the characters, Ari and Benny, I, um, I cannot stand, I cannot stand Ari. I mean, I'm not even too crazy about Benny either. Benny, by the way, Benny came over here, you guys. He's on the 90-day visa now. Or they have 90 days to wed. He's a, like some kind of UFC fighter or something. Pretty much killed this man in 36 seconds like last week's episode. But whatever. I'm like, oh, shit. Like this guy. But but, but Ari is just. Ari just. I, oh, Ari 
there, uh, Ari, there's something way off. You guys know what I'm, you, there's something, like the whole, by the way, when I say that, that not, the whole 90 Day Fiance show is way off. By the way, Caitlin, our guest today, watches TLC a lot. I was like, we started, I was like, no way. Um, but this Ari girl, this isn't even her first marriage. She was married to this other dude, Leandro. And Leandro, like, he was in, like, last season. He came and visited. But then now he visits them in America because Leandro is still considered a part of her family. But it's weird because Benny obviously is really uncomfortable around him. The whole thing is just so weird. And I just... I it was like I think I was like an hour and forty five minutes into watching this yesterday, and I was like, "Wait, TV's supposed to make you feel good, isn't it?" Ugh, I feel completely grossed out and disgusted. I feel so grossed out and disgusted. Which, by the way, Love on the Spectrum makes you feel really good inside. That's another selling point. Um, so Ari and Benny, to- I just want them off. I just need them done because it it pains me to think about their relationship, and it also gets me really sad because I'm like, this can't be real. Yet I know it is real. I mean, I saw on some Facebook group the other day. She even she she had a a yard sale of like their. Uh, apartment shit because she wanted to make some of her own money since people were saying her she lived off her parents and I was like oh no I don't want to know about this you've got a kid oh no I don't want to know that you're having a yard so she's like you can come meet me and Benny and I was like oh my god like I don't even know if I'd want to meet you away from a yard sale let alone your own yard sale I think I would just be just hand you over cash um now I feel that way about them, and it's pretty intense, right? But let me kick it up. Let me kick, let's do an episode of Hot Ones. Let me kick it up a heat notch here for you, because we got Kobe and Emily. Now, Kobe, Kobe, I, I'm not good with pronunciations. You think they, you think Ari and Benny may be mad? Kobe and Emily, Emily, I am livid at each week. I yell at the screen. And listen, like I said, it's not like Kobe's like the best dude in the world, but like I just, you guys, this is what, so they they got 90 days to wait too. So this girl goes out and buys her own wedding ring and doesn't tell her fiance Kobe, Kobe who's living with their family. Like they're all living with, the, the, the Emily's family, you guys. And so she goes and buys this ring, but Kobe was like, Kobe even took her dad and her sister to a ring store and got her a ring, a thousand dollar ring. And I think they were all surprised because I don't think they had that. He had that kind of money at all, but he wanted to, he wanted to do it. It was really important for him to do it. So then they go to this sushi restaurant and they're in a really small town. So I was like, oh, is that a smart idea, the sushi restaurant? But whatever, that's not even the point. I just couldn't, I was like, oh, is cream cheese on everything? But you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. So then this is the romantic gesture. So this lady, the waitress, brings over two glasses of champagne, you guys. And I'm like, oh, he put the ring in the champagne, didn't he? He did, didn't he? Because the lady's like, we're offering you some complimentary champagne tonight. And Emily's, Emily's like, see, Kobe, you go with me. You get free perks. And I'm like, that is just absolutely not true so far, Emily. And it was, the ring was in the champagne glass. And I was scared because I was like, oh, no, is that going to affect the silver plating or whatever this material the ring's made out of? And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she, you know, it's like she's like blown away. I was like, really sweet moment, actually. Really nice moment. And then she goes, she's like, in a talking, and she's like, oh, I, now I feel bad. I feel bad because I bought myself a wedding ring because I didn't think Kobe could afford one. 
which is fine, but she never communicated that with Kobe. So I'm like, okay, no harm, no foul. You take the ring back. Kobe never has to know. Emily, Kobe, I just think Emily's like just a selfish mess half the time. And if you guys disagree with me, just remember, I'm always right. Okay, so then though, they're back with the family. Everybody's like happy, like, oh, Kobe. like, you know, she's really happy. And then she goes, you can see her thinking, you can see it go through her nutty little mind. And she uh, she goes through her backpack or whatever thing. She, she goes, I need to tell you something. I Funny, it's, I, uh, I bought a ring for myself because I didn't think you'd be able to get one for me. <laughs> and, she, and she thinks it's like, she tries to be like, ha, and you can even tell her dad. Like, you can just tell the family. Like, half the time, these families, they're just like, how the hell did this happen? Like, I didn't raise my child wrong, and now I have to have everybody, I didn't raise my child right, and I now I have to have everybody watch it on national television. You know, it's like one of those things where, like, you can see the gears turning in the dad's mind of like, Oh no, I thought she'd turn around at some point and she's just, a, uh, she's a bigger mess than, you know, when she was a kid. And so he goes, what are you talking? Like, are you kidding me? You didn't even tell me? He's like, no, it's fine. Like, no, I'm just so happy. It's like, there was no, and he got really hurt and he said, I have to go to bed early now. He said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go, go to bed. He was very hurt, you guys. And she knew he would be hurt. She knew this meant a lot to him. So I don't know, like, is this one of the things where the producers are like, made her do it? Like, I don't know. But at the same time, it kind of seems like that's in her DNA to like hurt people for sport. It was so disturbing, you guys. I really, really didn't like it. You think that's bad though. Let's get to the next couple. We got this, uh, uh, Bilal, uh, oh, okay, so, sorry, uh, Thais, Thaisa and Patrick, um, and, sorry, sorry, I'm getting the names, okay, yeah, Thaisa and Patrick, Patrick, you guys, is a bodybuilder that, uh, was on, like, the bodybuilding circuit, but then got busted for taking, like, human growth hormone and stuff, and Thaisa is this girl he brought over, and he wants to marry her, but they're living with his creepy brother. It's, I mean, like the brother even, you know, the brother's super creepy. Like, I can't even imagine, like, just like one of those. And you could tell she's like, do we have to live with my, do we have to live with your brother in the next house? You know, like she's, I'm like, it's so ridiculous. Like, we all know that this brother is creepy, yet the the brother, the, the you know, Patrick can't see it. He's like, oh, oh, should Oh, you know what? That's my brother. That's my brother. Like, okay, it's your blood relative, but he's so creepy to her that, like, I would never trust him to be alone with her. And it just, like, Patrick is a doofball. Like, I think human growth hormone takes a little piece away of your brain each time you do it. So, um, but then Patrick gets bummed out because he takes her to Vegas, which, by the way, big romantic vacation in Vegas. And uh, Patrick's other brother is there. And Taisa lets it slip that she has not told her dad that uh, they're engaged to be married. And so this comes out at some like little shitty brewery in Vegas, which also it's like, you're in Vegas, man. Like, why don't you go to like, why don't you take her to a nice buffet or something? You're like at a, like a brewery off the strip. Really just like, what? I, what I, I, all the, the 90 Day Fiance should just be called Why. Like I, the whole time I'm like, why? Why? Why does this exist? Why? Like I get so like, I'm like, what? Why? I just, I'm aghast the whole time. And like, if I've eaten something bad, like then it just, my stomach on top of me being a gas, I just feel, I just feel ill for two hours. Um, so anyways, so, so then Patrick's all butthurt. He's like, how, why don't you tell your dad? And she keeps saying, 
Cause my dad's jealous, which is like I think a I think I think the fr- I think the wording is wrong. I don't think she means jealous, cause jealous, you know, usually means like for exes and stuff like that, you know. But she's like, my dad loved me a lot. I think she is using the wrong word here. But also, Patrick's a creep, and also every time some problem arises, I just scream at the screen. I go, just break up, go home, everybody, go home. Nobody needs nobody needs this at all. Um, and there's like three other couples I'm not going to even get to because it's like, you got Jabri and Miona and Jabri, you guys is, uh, an African-American man with tattoos on his neck, really like good looking dude, but also dresses like a cowboy. So he's always like, he's like mixed with like hip hop and a cowboy and his parents are not like really cool. His grandmother's this cool, like artsy lesbian lady that I love, you know, but they're Jabri and Miona. It's like, it seems fake to me because they applied for the K one visa yet. Everybody's saying like, don't do it. Don't do it. I I can't read Miona. Like Miona has zero reaction, but she's one of those Julia Fox eye makeup people where she's like painting in swoop, like the Nike swoop on her, each of her eyes. And Jabri has this band, you guys, where the band is like this hip hop, jazz, something fusion. And one guy, um, even in the studio just dresses like an astronaut and never took off his helmet while recording. This isn't even in concert, you guys. One of his bandmates wears an astronaut's outfit, and it's really upsetting to me. Uh, you also have Bilal and Shaida. Bilal, you guys, is uh, is a horrible person. Really, really horrible. Uh, brings this lady over. And then I talked about this like briefly on the show like a month or so ago because she came over and he 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 put her in like a sh- like a like a shitty apartment and acted like that was his place and she's like you never told me about this like but she wasn't mad she was just like okay okay but you would imagine coming all that way from overseas and being so scared to start your new life and then you know he tries to pull this prank to see if she's there for the right reasons and so then he goes you know he takes her to the nice place the like the next day and she's like oh my gosh but then he's in so controlling you guys it's just not a good situation but i'm telling you i get headaches from this whole show. Anyways, hope you enjoyed me talking about it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, anyways, hope you enjoyed me talking about it. That was a little uh, a little 90 Day Fiance. Okay, so let's get to our guest today, which I am so, so excited. Um, it, I was just really, really thrilled to be able to, uh, to interview her. And... Uh, I cannot say enough about Netflix's love on the spectrum. I think it is a show, especially that we need now, where it makes you feel good to be a human, you know, where it makes you like, okay, like this, I don't know, it reminds you what it's like to, um, to, to search for love in a way. And sometimes it's beautiful and sometimes it's really hard. And sometimes, I mean, there's so many emotions wrapped up in it, but it'll make you smile. It'll make you cry. And, uh, we all know somebody, uh, that is on the spectrum. I know a lot of my listeners, their children are on the spectrum. I know people that are on the spectrum. It is very, very common. Um, but in the last 30 years, uh, incredible advancements have been made. Uh, but that's why they call it a spectrum, right? Um, but more importantly than that, do you remember like going on dates even now? Do you remember uh, the anticipation or the fear of uh, a first kiss? Any of this stuff like this, this show 
just reminds you of what we put ourselves through sometimes in search of love. And uh, like I said, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But the search and the journey of all of these characters, I find extremely uh, all all the emotions. I feel all the emotions. Now, Kaylin, uh, who you're going to meet today, Kaylin Partlow, she just, she, always, she just also makes me laugh. I think she has such a great sense of humor. You'll find out that she has, um, uh, she's younger than me, so she has better taste in music. Uh, she had named a couple alternative bands and I always pride myself on being up on music. And I was like, Oh, I got to pack it in. I'm done. I am done. But she is just awesome as well. I I hope you love hearing from her. If you are a fan of the show, you are going to love this. If you have not seen the show, please watch the show. But I still think you're going to dig this. So you guys from Love on the Spectrum on Netflix streaming right now, Kaylin Partlow. Welcome back to iHeartRadio, So Bad It's Good. If you've been listening to this show over the last couple of weeks, I've recommended every week uh, this show that it just kind of blew me away and made me feel good and made me feel connected to humanity. A lot of reality shows don't do that. And we joke about that a lot on here, whether it be The Housewives or Survivor or anything like that. Uh, but it is so great that I saw this show that kind of... Um, not reignited my passion, but made me fall in love with actually being able to see the reality of people and our commonalities. Uh, the, the show we're going to be focusing on today is called Love on the Spectrum. You might have seen two of the seasons of the Australian version, and they have a season of the U.S. version now with six episodes that I just think is they're just so good, funny, heartwarming, everything that you want. It focuses on seven young adults on the autism spectrum, uh, and they dive headfirst into the dating pool, explore Exploring the unpredictable world of love and relationships. And you guys, it's not that it's it's exactly what I go through in the dating pool. There's not that much of a difference. But today I get to speak to one of my favorite people from this cast. Uh, Kaylin Barlow, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, what has been the experience so far? I guess the the uh, the show is now airing on Netflix. What's been the experience? with just walking around and people knowing who you are a little bit, the social media of it all, what's it been like for you so far? It's been incredible. I feel like I wasn't prepared for the amount of attention I would get just kind of after the fact. Um, my social media has exploded when before the show aired, I had 500 Instagram followers <laughs> and now I'm at almost 35,000. You're, you're, you're an influencer now you influence people. And by the way, you have to go follow her on Instagram. Cause it's great. Like, it's just, I, I really love your Instagram presence. Uh, is it something that is annoying to you in any sort of way yet? Like, ah, uh, too many voices. Yeah. Sometimes I have enjoyed getting to engage with people, um, from all over the world who have seen the show. And I think my favorite has been when people reach out and say that it's kind of helped them in some way to see the show that they can feel like they relate to me or that they understand me. And therefore they've been able to kind of understand themselves or a loved one better um, has been a really incredible feeling. Can you take us uh, back to what drove you to audition for this show? I mean, were you scouted? Did they come for you or was there an audition process? There, so I saw a Facebook post and someone else had like shared it. So it was like a screenshot of a screenshot that someone had shared with an email just that you could email if you were interested in being a part of the cast. And so I kind of, I tried it, but I didn't really think anything of it. And I was really surprised when I got um, a Zoom interview with them. And, you know, one Zoom interview led to the next and here we are. Um, were you aware of Love on the Spectrum, the Australian version? 
Yes, I had watched the Australian version, so I knew what it was. What did you think about how they handled it? I really liked it. I thought it was really unique in that it really kind of hadn't been done before. Um, and I was really excited to learn that I was able to participate. Um, was this something that you actually signed up for to help people understand a little bit more about you and people that are on the spectrum? Or was part of it just like, I'm really looking to find love? Well, neither, if I'm honest, I kind of am just <laughs> skeptical in general. And so even after they had confirmed that they were going to come to my house and film, I really kind of didn't believe that it was really happening it real until they knocked on my door. And I was like, oh, man, they're actually here. <laughs> I mean, what did your roommate, because we get to meet your roommate in this as well. And she's a part of a, a couple of scenes. What did she think about this whole process? I think she was equally as surprised just because like Windows people, when does a film crew for international television show up at your doorstep? You know, it just doesn't happen very frequently. <laughs> well, I mean, that was what I, I was like. It's interesting now to be thrown into reality show stardom. I put that in quotation marks. Um, you know, just right off the bat, would you consider doing a second season of this if it were to get renewed? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would really love to do that. Okay, good, good. That's what I was like. I was hoping that you were like, I never want to be on TV again. No, I do not, not at all. like it. Um, just for people uh, that are just meeting you for the first time, you live in South Carolina, correct? Mm -hmm. And you work with dogs or animals. Yeah, I as kind of a hobby, but my my full time job is I work for Project Hope Foundation, which is a nonprofit serving kids with autism. That's and how long have you been doing that for? Seven years. Wow. Um, so that actually, what you're doing now has to help something like that as well. It kind of all feeds into the same thing. Um, so uh, in terms of the audition process, uh, you got on the show, the camera crew shows up. Is there a learning curve in terms of being comfortable on camera? Like I'm, if I go on a date, I'm not comfortable. I can't imagine if cameras were also following me around on that date. So and I guess in terms of dating with a camera crew, I, like you said, you know, you're nervous when you go on a date and I, I feel the same way. I think everybody is nervous when they go on a first or second or even third date, just because, you know, they're not super comfortable with the person yet. So for me personally, really having a camera there wasn't going to add on to the nerves that I already <laughs> experienced any more than I, you know, so it's just like, oh, well, I'm already nervous, you know? <laughs> so would you recommend Maybe we could recommend camera crews just following everybody around on a date. It's just like, let's well, just get everybody's helpful, date. But it, was, it didn't hurt either. <laughs> um, so uh, going into this, though, you said it was kind of neither, like you weren't looking to find love particularly, and you weren't particularly looking to be on TV and share this, you know, share this message. But knowing that this was a show about something that you have dealt with your whole life, uh, did you have any added pressure in terms of that? Not even with the dating, but like, oh my gosh, now I have to have people learn more about me and what I go through and what others go through. Was there trepidation with that? Oh, definitely. I think a lot of times the autism community specifically online can be um, critical and, <laughs> you know, criticism is not always a bad thing. I think constructive criticism is good and is needed in many areas. Um, but yeah, I was definitely nervous that they would have some um, maybe destructive criticism to add. 
I mean, that it well, that is kind of where we are as a society. And especially when you add social media into it, it can be a wave of negative things. Um, I hope, though, with this on the aftermath, has it mainly been a wave of positivity for you? Oh, it has. Absolutely. There's been a huge influx of just lots and lots of positivity. There's been, you know, a couple haters here and there, which they kind of prepared us for, but nothing compared to the overwhelming positive response. Now, I know I'm skipping around, but now just as we're on social media, how many people have asked you out online now on Instagram? Do you get a lot of people sliding into your DMs? An unbelievable amount. <laughs> yeah, so how do, was... you, how do you handle that? You know, I there's a couple ways that like sometimes somebody will catch my attention and I'll kind of give a response. But generally speaking, I don't respond to most people just because they don't have a picture of themselves or they don't <laughs> tell me their first name. I mean, they've got all this information on me, right? Because, you know, it's just, it's out there. I am very easy to look up online. I'm on Netflix. People have got all this information on me. And so when they're yes. like, oh, hey, how you doing? I would love to take you on a date. That's great. Who are you? You know, they don't share any information with me on their side. So they know all this about me, but I don't know anything about you. So unless you're going to be some, you know, forthcoming and share some information with me, I'm generally disinterested in that. <laughs> um no, that's a very smart one. Please do not change that. I would. Could you imagine if you said yes to every? Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's go. Right. Yeah. Um, so before the show, though, what was your dating history? Were you on apps? Was that something that you were trying to do regularly? You speak of your experience in the show. And you guys, once again, go watch this because you speak about saying, uh, you know, like sometimes you just go on a date and you don't lead with uh, I'm on the spectrum or anything like that. Sometimes it takes a while for you to share that. And you had a very good reason because you want people to actually get to know you without any kind of preconceived notions. What is your dating history like before the show? Before the show, I had a boyfriend in high school. And then shortly after graduating high school, I dated somebody for a brief period of time as well. Um, and I, I do believe I mentioned it on the show. Um, the boyfriend that I had shortly after graduating he ended up breaking things off because he wanted to have children and move to a big city and do all these things. And he said that that wasn't compatible with me being on the spectrum, which was funny because he was blind. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, so. but I mean, that is, I mean, do you, I mean, yeah, how do you breaking not up laugh? With me for being too disabled, but he, he can't drive a car. <laughs> that's i mean that's really that is one of the darkest uh laughs i've had in a long time when i heard that on the show um but uh, a lot of people uh, including myself i i've gotten uh i think jaded with love or dating or relationships is that the same for you and how you view things of like oh my god it's like going up a hill each time to try to meet somebody what did you think about dating even before the show i I kind of think it's like when the time is right, it'll just happen. Um, but the, oh, you're like the my mom, geez. I mean, you, my. you kind of, but you kind of got to like, you know, take steps and an action towards doing that. You know, you can't just wait for the universe to drop the opportunity in your lap. You do have to kind of take steps to get there. And yes, my experience has been those steps have been incredibly painful. I have one of my comedian friends. Uh, she always laughs and i think you do too about uh you know the the photos on these dating profiles there's always one with a fish you know guys mm -hmm. are really proud of like their fish or their hunting what are the other things that make you laugh when you go out on one of these apps or kind of commonalities with all these guys a lot of times their bios will be very short and my least favorite bio is if you have questions just ask 
Um, <laughs> which like, you've got to give me a reason to ask. I don't mind asking a question, but you've got to entice me a little bit, you know? <laughs> it's, no, it is very interesting. It seems like men, I hate, sorry, men, but men specifically really don't know. I mean, we don't know how to express any emotions and we want things to get pulled out of us, which is just so weird for somebody that doesn't know you. How would you expect that? Right. I wouldn't even know what to ask you because you've got, you've given me no information. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so uh, are you still with uh, living with your roommate? Yes. Is she enjoying the, uh, the star, the stardom that you have now achieved? Is she, uh, have you guys gotten noticed when you're out and about now? We have. Yeah. I think the most noteworthy time when we got noticed, we were eating at a restaurant and a man recognized us. He's like, oh, are you those people from that show? And we're like, yeah. And he was like, wow, that's so cool. And in the middle of his sentence, he drools, like not just like a little, but I mean, like a lots of drool comes from his mouth and lands on the floor right next to our table. I don't even think he noticed. He walked away and there was a puddle of drool right there. <laughs> he was very excited. That was, was really very amazing. strange. Um, so, uh, you speak about this too. And I, uh, did, did you watch actually the American version after it was finished? Have you seen all six episodes? Yeah, of course. Did you, uh, what was it like watching the, uh, the other, uh, people involved in it, their journeys, because they're different than your journey. Was that, uh, did you, did you, what was your feeling watching their journeys? I, I really liked watching their journeys. I think I learned a lot from them. Um, and it was interesting to hear their perspective and they just, they all have so much to offer. So I really, I just, I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, no, there, it was interesting. That was what's so great. Like you, I, I told you guys earlier, th they focus on multiple different people in this. So you get to, you know, watch a lot of people's journeys through this and it's, you know, some of it's heartbreaking. Some of it really makes you laugh. Some of it's, I mean, but it's everything that we experience in our own lives too. So it kind of gave me this like life affirming, hopeful vibe from the whole show. Um, what is the media in general, uh, even before this show, what do they get wrong about being on the spectrum? And what was one of the reasons did you, I mean, did that ever occur to you that this show could potentially uh, not fall into that pitfall? Yeah. So I think the media a lot of times talks about autism as it relates to children. Um, a lot of movies and TV shows focus on autistic be people being portrayed as being male specifically and having exceptional abilities in academic spaces. And so I really admired Love on the Spectrum for challenging those stereotypes and showing the true diversity of people on the autism spectrum. Yeah, no. And, and you explained that a little bit in the, you know, is that you are uh, your strengths that are through this. What was it was your strength? Because like, I think you also said, but your weaknesses are you're messy a little bit or what would what were your strengths and weaknesses you would consider being neurodivergent? Just in general? Yeah, just in general. Like, what have you noticed about yourself? Like, you know, because we are like you said, I, I grew up with that movie Rain Man, where he was doing all these complicated math problems and counting cards right. and, you know, very different uh, than anything that seems like in reality that I've experienced uh, with people. What are your strengths? Uh, and, and you're like, well, and weaknesses, I, I can't really do this very well because of this. Strengths are, I think I have the ability to focus on the, whatever it is that my passion is, where I guess, well, let me re-say that. Um, for strengths, I am able to focus on where my passion lies um, and stay focused. I am very detail-oriented. Um, I'm very honest, hardworking, <laughs> dedicated. Um, but I guess for weaknesses, 
I think it comes down to relationships. So initiating and maintaining relationships is something that I've always struggled with. Um, yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but do you, I mean, uh, the other thing is like, are, if you are very, you're able to focus and maybe relationships sometimes take a backseat or it might be a weakness. Uh, do you, are you the type of person I get really sad or down or if somebody doesn't like me, I'm like bummed out. Do you get that way? Because we experience your journey uh, and you, we see you go on a date with a gentleman and I thought it was a good date. And what do I know? And then afterwards uh, you guys didn't continue to see each other. Do those things hurt you or is it very cut and dry in your head of like, well, on to the next. No, I mean, I guess it takes me a little longer to get invested into somebody. So I wasn't really emotionally invested in him one way or another, which isn't to say that I didn't want it to work out because I, I was hopeful and I was optimistic, but I wasn't particularly attached. So when it didn't work out, I wasn't, you know, distraught or anything. You are, you're way too level-headed, man. I'm like, I'm like, what? This guy is crazy. Come on. Um, what is, I mean, I, I don't know if this is for the show, but I think what I was talking about with the gentleman was a speed dating event, which already just sounds horrible on top of horrible. I can't imagine being in a scenario where you have to meet multiple people that you could potentially date. Uh, is that something you would do again, speed dating? Oh, speed dating was fantastic. <laughs> time. It was just so efficient because if you think about it, you know, the dating apps, the guys, they want you to ask them all the questions. They're not going to be forthcoming. So can you imagine how long that's going to take for me to get A, get to know you and B, decide if I'm even into any of that? Speed dating is so much more efficient. Okay. So you are on board with speed dating. Okay. That's good. Speed dating is still in play. Um, uh, that's no, that's great. Um, you said you're, you know, very passionate. You can focus on your passions. Obviously your passion is, is work right now, but what did you, when you were a child, what was the dream? Like, what were you like, this is what I want to do. Oof. Like as a young child, I think yeah. I wanted to be a dog trainer for PetSmart was the goal. That was that was the dream. Is if I could just be a dog trainer and work at PetSmart, that would be the dream come true. I worked at my first uh, job in high school was at PetSmart, and I was one of the loaders of dog food. And they would make you wear like a back belt so you didn't hurt your back <laughs> because you were lifting like fifty pound bags of dog food. And it was, but it was awesome. Everybody would bring in their dogs. It was great. But you kind of do get to work with animals and things like that. So are you considered like? Do you consider that you are living your dream right now in a way? Oh, absolutely. I I do work with dogs pretty consistently. Um, not at a PetSmart, thankfully. But <laughs> no, no offense, PetSmart. It's yeah, no offense, right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, I don't think I could have anticipated that advocacy would be part of my long-term goals. And I am really thankful to work for a company that is really progressive and is really kind of helping me take on that role. Um. In uh, getting cast on this show, uh, were there creative discussions or they even said they kind of warned you about social media and things like that? Did they prepare you for the shooting of this and did they did they let things naturally happen or would they try to guide you into certain ways? They I, they mostly let things happen naturally. There would be like a couple instances where they'd be like, oh, could you say this differently or could you ask this question? But aside from that, it was all very natural. That's awesome. That's exactly what I hoped it would be. Um, okay. So we had the weirdest fan interaction with somebody who was drooling at a table. And of course there's some haters online. Uh, what is the nicest thing that anybody has come up and said to you or, or DM'd you? Is there something that really hit you emotionally? Yeah. Somebody wrote a poem for me yesterday and it was really good. 
Like a what? really good poem. Oh, really good. Wait, like like a like a love poem or just like a inspirational poem? Somewhere in the middle of those two things. <laughs> Wait, and what was your response to the poem? Were you like, I mean, do you like thank you? This is a yeah, great poem. no, I was just like, thank you so much. That is like really beautiful and unexpected. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, okay, yeah, that's that's uh so TV has been opened up to you. Uh, you had mentioned earlier you had dated a blind man that wanted to move to a big city, uh, potentially. Uh, I know this might be silly to you, but would you ever now consider coming to Hollywood or a big city? Or are you very happy with where you're at right now? I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I can't say that I would never, ever move, um, but I don't see it in the cards for the immediate future. Okay, we're not going to see you on a sitcom or like uh, you're not going to be playing a detective in Hollywood Probably on a TV not. show. Okay, that's good to know. Um, and, and we still don't know, like I said earlier, if it has been picked up for a second season, but you would be willing to do that if if it did come. Correct. Okay. You guys, you got, we got to get a second season of this. I'm telling you, this was one of the best viewing experience I had. And it was one of those things where this is... I started with one episode and I couldn't finish. I had to finish all of it in one sitting. What did your family think about it watching it? Did they think this was an accurate representation of Kaylin? Yeah, they were really excited. They actually uh, rented a venue and hosted a viewing party for pretty much I saw, everybody. I saw that on your Instagram. That was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has anybody, has any of your friends yet thought you've gotten a big head now from the stardom? Has anybody like Hollywood Kaylin? Uh, my roommates joked about it, but not really. <laughs> um, coming up with uh, social media and things like that, seeing that you do have a reach, is there anything that you would like to share on social media or causes that you would like to make people more aware of that you would consider using uh, your your following to promote? Oh, absolutely. I feel like I have a lot of information to share as it relates to autism and advocacy. Um, and I would love to use that platform to be able to reach more people and to help more people. Um, when were you aware, uh, or, or when are you, I, I don't know the experience of being diagnosed with being on the spectrum or, or, you know, at what age are you aware that, that maybe things are a little different than they are for other people? I didn't get diagnosed until I was 10, but my parents knew, well, really my mom knew kind of. I want to say early childhood, like very early childhood. It's just that the doctors wouldn't have taken her seriously because I was born in in Vermont. Um, and back then they kind of laughed at the prospect of a girl having autism. And especially because I was able to speak early and speak in sentences, they said, oh, well, there's no language delay. There's, there's no way, even if I was showing every single other symptom besides language delay, they just didn't see it. Um, but I had kind of always felt different from everybody else my entire life. Was being diagnosed, was that almost a relief when you were with like, oh, this is why I, I feel a little different than, and than everybody else. I think for my parents, for my mom specifically, it was intimidating. Like, I think she knew that there was going to be something, but when they kind of came out with all of what it was, I think she was intimidated by it for sure. Um, and I didn't find out until I was high, in high school. They didn't tell me until I was older. Oh, they didn't even tell you. Wow. No. <laughs> they what, told what, me. What, yeah, there was. So we went to Orlando, Florida to do five days worth of testing. So I obviously had some questions. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what did like, they oh, tell you? We're know, going to Disney. This is Disneyland. Well. <laughs> this is Disneyland. This isn't testing. Wait, yeah, this is, they yeah. said, we're going to, yeah, you're going to play with this nice lady. <laughs> and we're going to go to Disney. <laughs> For five days. Well, so what is, uh, I don't know if you're, 
I mean, to, to go back there when they do tell you what is that experience like? Do they take you out to dinner and go, we have to talk about something? Like, what is, what is that experience <laughs> we, like? We watched a movie actually. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a documentary. Well, it's not a documentary, but it's like a whatever the version of a biography in a movie is of um, I, Temple Grandin. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, was it Drew Barrymore that played Temple, or who who was the no. oh, actor? I'm trying to. It, 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 guys, it's Claire amazing Danes. though. It's on Claire Danes. Yeah. On HBO. It was really great. So they made you watch that. Yeah. So we watched Temple Grandin. I watched it with my mom and she was like, yeah, so this is Temple Grandin. And actually you're a lot like her and here's why. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and then she tried to hug you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, do you remember, was there any kind of emotional response when they did tell you that? Or was it like, oh, cool. I, I don't think so. I mean, I kind of always knew that there was something and I had heard the word, you know, autism tossed around a couple of times. So I wasn't completely shocked. I just didn't understand how it related to me specifically. Yeah, no. Um, I know this is kind of off topic and a little silly, but I was just curious what you actually do enjoy watching. Do you watch TV? Like what is your favorite shows? Uh, what's your favorite kind of music? Uh, what do you enjoy doing in your off time? In terms of TV, I, people pick on me for having poor taste, but I generally watch a lot of trash TV, just a lot of reality, you know? Yes. What reality shows do you watch? 90 Day Fiance, yeah. <laughs> Life, you know, the good stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you seen Seeking Sister Wives yet? Yeah, I have. It's a mess. Like everything on TLC is a complete mess. And that's why it's such a great, that's why I kept telling people, because I focus on a lot of those shows and I was like, this is such a great, um, it shows that there can actually be quality to these things. Cause you, you watch like TLC and I, I legitimately get frightened sometimes. I'm like, Oh my gosh, life is wild. But then this, it, it was so real to me. And I, like, I related to things so much in this, um, but it's hysterical. Like this 90 day fit, like it is the, it is the most fun to view like Sunday nights, two hours of 90 day fiance is wild. So, uh, okay. You watch all the, do you watch any Bravo or housewives or anything like that? Uh, not recently, just a lot of TLC, a lot of discovery plus. So it's mainly if somebody has something wildly wrong with their bodies or their love life. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, what kind of music do you enjoy? A lot of alternative rock. Like what? Like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, like or more that or is that too classic rock now? Yeah, I was gonna say it might, that might be a little. Oh, old. I, oh, what is considered alt? Dang, dang it! I keep trying to tell people I'm not old. What is considered alternative rock for you now? Oof, uh, Max, AJR. Um, oh my God, I don't even know any of these people, Kaylin. What are you? Uh, this is wild. Um, this is the weekend. I'm talking to you on a Friday. What are your weekend plans? Will there be any dates this weekend? What do you like to do on the weekends? You know, I was invited to a FaceTime date from a, with from a guy who lives a couple <laughs> states away. Are you going to do? Is it? Wait, is this the person that did the poem? No, it is not. A different one. Are you going to do a FaceTime date? I am tentatively going to do a FaceTime date. Have you ever done a FaceTime date before? No, but much like speed dating, it seems kind of efficient. You don't have to drive. There's no commute. You're just, you can kind of figure out if you like each other pretty quick. Uh, okay. So FaceTime date is potentially on the agenda. Uh, I don't know those things. FaceTime, like what was the, uh, I mean, I guess we still are in a pandemic in a way. Uh, things have loosened up a little bit for your experience though, during the pandemic, what was that like for you in South Carolina over the last couple of years? And were you filming during the pandemic? We were, um, they, the crew was all wearing masks. Um, obviously the people filming did not have to wear masks. 
but yeah, yeah. In, the, in South Carolina, it was, it was tough. Cause we, there was part of the population who did not believe that COVID was real and didn't exist <laughs> wear a mask. And that was, that was, I would say most of it. And then there was the, the segment of the population who did believe that it was real and were wearing masks. And those people were not friends. Yeah, it's really, it seems like the state of our country right now. It's a lot of yep. disagreement about everything. Um, uh, so, uh, but personally, even beside before filming or whatever, what was the experience that you went through? For me, it was very isolating. Uh, you know, I was able to do a podcast from my room the entire time. But for you, what was the experience like? And, you know, with your job and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think for everybody, the experience was isolating. Um, in terms of work life, it was incredibly isolating just because we're considered a medical service. So it was really, really strict here in terms of protocol and procedure and isolating everybody from each other. They closed the playground. They wouldn't let the kids play on the playground because they didn't want the germs of the playground to spread. Um, so it was, it was very extreme. Wow. Um, at the place you work, uh, is it a place where, you know, what is the main, uh, just in terms of what do you guys do to, to help? Yeah. So we, we get kids and adults who are diagnosed on the autism spectrum. We provide therapy services, uh, education services, employment services, and they focus on communication and social skills and advocacy skills, things that are really, really important for people. Um, I have a lot of listeners that actually uh, do have children on the spectrum, um, but for people that are even curious uh, or think that, you know, there's something a little different about their child, what do you recommend for parents that are curious and and even for for children? Pre-diagnosis or post-diagnosis? Both. So if I would recommend that if you suspect that there is something going on with your child, I would recommend to get that checked out as soon as possible because early diagnosis is crucial in understanding and acceptance and, you know, accessing services and treatments that are available to them. And those services will be a lot more effective if they're provided at a younger age. Um, Post-diagnosis, I would suggest finding a therapist in your area who is qualified to work with your child. And we'll sit down and work with you on goals that are relevant to you and your family and your child um, and work with them in a way that is socially acceptable. Um, Has the blind guy now come back now that you're on TV? Has he come like, hey, I heard you're on TV now. Has he reached out at all? He has not said a word. Wow. Interesting. I'm I'm curious if he's going to pop up, pop back up at some point. Um, uh, on the show itself, as we start winding down a little bit, did you have a favorite character besides yourself? Obviously, was there somebody that you were like, I really love where their journey is going. I really like Abby. She was really into the Lion King. And as a young child, I also <laughs> really loved the Lion King. So I think we would get along very well. Have you, yeah, that's what I was going to like. Have you met all of your castmates? None of them. I've not met anybody in person. Have you, uh, but you, I'm sure you've had communications or DMs or, or, or family members, anything? No, not really. They said we could reach out to each other online, but that was about it just because we live so far away. Would you be uh, ever interested in meeting uh, any of them in person? Oh yeah. I would love to meet them in person. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, yeah. Abby was great. I love the wide eyed, the enthusiasm, the love. I mean, that's what I love is just people that she just loves the Lion King. She wants the, and I, I love how her, I don't know, this. Uh, this is great. Has this um, uh, overall show affected your view of love in any sort of way, good or bad, or has it remained the same uh, that you had before the show? I mean, I think there's a lot of variables to account for, but 
I would say I feel kind of the same way about it. <laughs> Which is, if it happens, it happens. It's good. It's good. Um, but you don't think it's a... I do you think it's essential? Like I, a lot of my friends uh, will say, if I don't find love, then I've failed. Like they almost take it as a personal thing. Uh, I don't think you have that viewpoint. Is that correct? Not yet, but maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give it a couple of years. Yeah. Um, uh, is, is there anything else that you would like my audience to know or ways that we can kind of support the show or support you? Is there something that we need to be paying attention to or that you would like us to pay attention to? I think overall, the important message is that there's a saying that goes, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism, which is to say that we are all individuals, everybody is different. And so you might have the same condition with even the same symptoms, but it's going to present so differently within different individuals and different cultures. Yeah, it's not not everything is just the same, you know. Uh, Well, uh, this Kaylin, uh, Kaylin Partlow, Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. I really do appreciate it. And I, I got to just tell you, I, I'm a really a huge fan of, of yours from watching this show. And I'm just so ecstatic to be able to talk to you. I've been talking about this show for now a couple of weeks. And it's just a, a true, true honor for me to speak with you. And, and uh, I hope everything great for you in your future. Well, thank you so much. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank. But with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, 
Join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Okay, you guys, now is the uh, part of the show that's my favorite. We get to celebrate uh, the advertiser who has sponsored the show this week, and it is our friends at Rothy's. Now, Rothy's, I have the coolest, I'm going to say badass, pair of shoes that I've ever had in my life. In fact, I wore them at the Countess Luann show at the El Rey on Friday, and I got... I got to tell you, I'm not even making this. I got three compliments on my shoes and I'm a dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? I love Rothy's. This place is excellent. And I even, I even passed a brick and mortar store on Melrose, like off of Melrose. And I was like, they, they advertise on the show. I got so excited. I saw a commercial from the other day. They're big time, you guys. So have you ever seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats or shoes and thought, dang, those are cute, like a lot of people did to me on Friday night? They might have been Rothy's. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling Everyone notices them. They're known for their chic pointed toe flats, but that's just the beginning because they have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's works great with every outfit. That is true. Even the shoe I have, like I said, I'm a dude. It actually works with so many different outfits that I've worn it with so far. Um, You can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out. And they are insanely comfortable. They really, truly are. This is like a slipper. As soon as you take your first step, you think, ah... I like taking steps. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This, I actually think, is extremely flippin' cool. Um, All their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. They have repurposed around $125 million million water bottles so far. Also, have you ever tried to find plastic threads in a water bottle? I tried to do that today. It is nearly impossible. Um, my personal experience, like I said, I got a free pair of shoes, I'll be honest, and uh, they got sent to me. Well, first off, the experience on the website, super easy. Uh, there was a lot to choose from. In fact, I have four things on my wish list because they even have bags at Rothy's because I was like, would this kind of make me a lot happier of a person overall if I had this cool looking bag? Um, I just think they look unique. They feel unique. Um, the comfort level is next level. And you always want to feel like you're doing something that is good for the planet because we're not going to stop getting products, but we want to make sure that uh, we don't leave as big of a footprint as we do. And Rothy's knows all about that and actually does something about that. Um, so, uh, for women though, um, I got to tell you, this is really where, where they excel. Their website has so many different looks and styles. And from people that I talk to about Rothy's and I have, they say it is actually, in fact, Maritza used my product code the other day to get a pair of Rothy's. She wanted to treat herself. Um, the washability on this is awesome too. I can throw these in the shoes and they, uh, in the, uh, the old washer and they can be washed. My other shoes, I try to wash all my other shoes. They're all broken now because I, the, the Rothy's are the only things that survived. So anyways, your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash so bad. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash so bad for $20 off your first order. And like I always say with this, just go put that in the website. 
doesn't mean you have to purchase something, but let them show that you listen to the pod and you're there. You know, maybe if you're there, you know, get something. You get 20 bucks off. You know what I'm saying? The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Do Bapa D D D indeed. My God, is there not? Is I mean, literally, the, that song grows on you so much. I mean, I put it up there with the Vanderpump Rules theme song. I actually even put it before the summer, the old Summer House theme song. I think is a an, a bop as well. But I think the Bapa Do Bapa D D D by Mia Sable. Uh, by the way, that's not what the song is called. <laughs> Oh my God, you guys, my ring light just fell onto the, I hope that gets me huge YouTube views. Uh, cause part, you, <laughs> cause this guy, this is going to be on YouTube as well. You guys. Uh, okay. That was really exciting. I hope that really gets us a bump in YouTube viewers, uh, which all, by the way, all you guys listening at home, go on over to the YouTube and see what just happened. A light almost fell on my head. Interesting. Anyways, Bapa Do Bapa D D D. It's an amazing jam, and it makes me really happy. And you can play that song on a loop. At first, it's going to be really annoying. Then it's going to get good. Then it's going to get annoying again. And you're going to annoy all the people that you're listening uh, to it like around. They'll be like, "Please stop listening to that." But eventually, they're all going to love it. So this is our uh, our premiere episode of Southern Charm recaps. We're going to do these babies every week. This is gonna, it's not going to be as intense as Beverly Hills, but I will say, dollars for donuts. This damn pod gives you more entertainment for the cost of just a shiny nickel. Please, like I always say, I'm the living embodiment of those dogs in the Sarah McLaughlin commercial of like, for just for just thirty cents a day, you can leave Ryan. You 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 can have Ryan have a nice life. 
Um, so this will be the first one of those. Remember though, timestamps are key. If you did not want to hear love on the spectrum with Kaylin, which how dare you, we just had Kaylin, uh, on you guys, uh, you can use the timestamps to, to skip ahead. Like this show is a one-stop shop, man. Um, I do want to show something to the YouTube audience as well. And for the, uh, the podcast audience, just the listeners out there, I'll try to describe this. This is what I got at the Countess Luann show. Uh, I, I was talking about this on the pod on Monday. I got this eight by 10 glossy, uh, for, for you guys not seen on the YouTube, it's a beautiful white background and the countess has her head and her hands. And she's like in this kind of white shirt. It's a little sexy, but not like, not really cleavage, but you can see a little skin and she's given that come hither look and it says love Luann. And then this is why I got it. She did three, um, dollar signs. And I was like, this is this is like a money tree. And it's like right next to this tree right here. Uh, by the way, this is actually Luann in the bushes. Luann in the bushes. Um, hey, and by the way, this is uh, affordable. This only sent me back $80. No, this sent me back $20. Now you would say, oh, what was the experience like of getting Luann to sign this for you? I don't know because um, she had all these at her merch booth and somebody else was running it. And I don't even know if this is actually her signature. Cause I even made a joke to the lady. I was like, I bet you sign these. Cause the dollar like was like a little smudgy. And I was like, Oh, can you give me one? That's not smudgy. Cause it made it seem like it was just signed. And I was like, yeah, do you sign these? And she's like, no, 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 no. But I was like, maybe you do, you know, like I could see the countess being like too busy, but like, why don't you sign them? You have a beautiful signature. So this is it. I think it's just nice because it looks like a headshot, like an actor's headshot. And it kind of doesn't look like a house. It looks like she's auditioning for something in a way. So really proud of that. That's going in my little little office back here. Southern Charm, what do you guys think? Where are you at with this show? Uh, I know a lot of people get frustrated with this uh, sometimes because it's a boys club and they've tried to break it up at multiple times. Of course, we had Naomi, we had Ashley, we had all these people kind of leave the show that actually really had this great, they had this great um, woman group for, for a while and we lost a lot of those ladies. So now they're having to rebuild on Southern Charm in terms of... Uh, in terms of, uh, oh my God, my dad just sent me this text, you guys. I'll share it. She goes, you remember Reagan, Sarah and Charlie's daughter? She made Pride Week cupcakes. Check out the icing. And the icing's all like the rainbow flag and stuff. And it looks beautiful. But I also like, I think my dad still thinks I'm gay, maybe. I don't know. Like, he's like, is this, I wonder if he's like, I love these cupcakes, son. <laughs> like, I'm going to just, I feel like he wants me to be not, I feel like he just wants it because he thinks like he'll get like, pride cupcakes like i'm like dad i'm not gay and i'm not gonna ever make you cupcakes uh perfect bill bailey does it once again um so they <laughs> so on southern charm they used to have like that really strong girl group but they all left so now we're left with uh you know Catherine, of course who god love her she's just a hot mess but Listen, it's it's sometimes not even her fault. We we get reminded in this first episode that she came to us on this show as like a 21-year-old girl. And now she is turning 30 years old. And you get like, it's one of those things that you don't realize how horrifying it is in the original moment when you're watching those early seasons of Southern Charm because they're so entertaining. Because Southern Charm works the way a lot of reality shows work is that it takes us behind the curtains or behind the scenes of a lifestyle that we do not 
know about. I don't know, first off, about being rich. I don't know about being from the South. Uh, there's all of this this weird boys club crap that goes on in Charleston that we saw with like Whitney and Thomas and all of those guys. I had no idea. So it's always fun to watch that. And you're not, once again, this was never aspirational for me where I was like, one day I hope I can be like Whitney and I hope I can be like Thomas. Like, hell no, 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 no. But it was weird because Thomas was originally with Catherine, and here's a man that was 25 years older than Catherine. I mean, it was really, it was technically, it was gross. I mean, it just what it, what it was, and they had two kids together, and now Thomas is uh, is off the show. He was accused of a lot of different things, I mean, throughout his career. Remember, Thomas was in political office, and then I believe he got, uh, he had to go to jail for, like, a allegedly a, I don't even know, it's, I think this actually happened, so I don't need to say allegedly, but he got busted, like, a, it was like a coke bust. They party hard in Charleston, you guys. And sometimes that's like with that and Summer House and Vanderpump Rules, you always worry about the boys in the cast. The women usually can handle themselves a lot better than the men. But sometimes I was like, man, if I was ever like, I thank God every day that I was never hot like Jax or Craig because I was like, I probably would have died really quickly. I would have just done everything that was handed to me for free. You know, what about you, Countess Luann? You guys, I'm I'm looking at Countess's picture. If you're not on YouTube, you can't see it. Anyways, cute, cute moment. Um, So uh, you had, I don't know. So the show premiered in March, March 3rd, 2014, you guys. And if I'm doing my math correctly, we're in 2022 right now. So if you carry the one that's, I think it's like eight years, you it's, it's wild. I do want to remind you guys that Whitney, Whitney is one of the producers on this show. And we talked about Whitney on Monday's episode. Whitney is uh, 56 years old. Like who would have thunk that? Like I, he looks great for 56, but his mother, Patricia, is kind of the matriarch, and that's the character she has played, a very, very wealthy family. Uh, but he is one of the producers on this, which I always found very, very interesting. Uh, I do miss Cameron Eubanks. Uh, remember, she uh, left the show last season, and there was a really nasty rumor about her husband, and they had, had a child together that Catherine brought up in the season premiere of last year's uh, episode, last year's season, that he had cheated on uh, Cameron and it started this whole thing and it really, it made Cameron rethink coming on of this show. And it's hard because I think she was like a kind of the heart of the, not the heart of the show, but she was uh, an every woman in a way. Like she wasn't crazy and like she wasn't, she wasn't getting into fights with everybody. She was a reliable narrator, you know? And in fact, sometimes they actually did use her voice as the narration for the show. Um, so who are we left with, you guys? Who are we got with? We got the boys club. We got Craig Conover. We got Shep Rose. And we got Austin Kroll. Ugh. Austin, my mortal enemy. We also have Catherine Dennis. We have Madison LaCroix. We have Whitney Sudler-Smith. We have second season Leva Bonaparte. Uh, we have Naomi Alindo back on the show, Craig's ex-girlfriend. We have John Pringle on his second season. Um... And uh, who are the, we have Vanita. She's on her second season as well. Um, so we've got a full cast, but the, the women's club is still kind of figuring out because right now it feels like a lot of the women against Catherine and Catherine doesn't like those women. And Catherine has always been an outsider on this show. So you've got to have a little sympathy. Even if you dislike Catherine, you've got to have sympathy for that because 
this really actually was her life at 21 years old, getting pregnant by Thomas and having this whole sordid affairs. Like we've watched her go through a lot. I believe when something that intense happens to you at that age, and that is all on TV, you kind of have arrested development, or that's my theory, where it kind of freezes you sometimes in that. So at your worst moments, you revert back to that 21-year-old girl who's getting courted by 50-year-old men, you know? This is a lot more intense than a Southern Charm recap should be, but who, hey, it's the first one. We're just getting a shorthand, you guys. We're feeling each other out on this thing. Um, So, uh, listen, I have never... I have never interviewed anybody from Southern Charm. I'm hoping to correct that this season. Um, I know it won't be Craig or Austin. Uh, (laughs) Even though Samaj sent me Craig Conover's book and he signed it to me. uh, But Craig uh, currently has me blocked on Instagram. And I always just wonder which thing did it. It could have been a page thing. Because remember, he is with, he's the, the king and queen of Bravo, Paige DeSorbo and Greg. Sir, Sir Craig Conover and Dame Dame Paige DeSorbo. <laughs> they truly, I feel like they want it so bad that this is not going to happen for them. You know, like, I feel they really both, it's like, it's like when I always joke about uh, conglomerates, corporations coming together, like Warner Brothers and AT&T come together and they form, you know, HBO Max. Like, it's like Craig and Paige come together and they, it's like, they want so much to be greater than the sum of their parts. And I think they're both they're both business people at agree. And I, I definitely think they really dig each other, obviously. But I think they're also part of that part of that attraction is that it garners more attention for both. I think they're very smart to realize that. You know, like Shep uh and his 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 lady, um, who, by the way, I think is not a full cast member, but she's definitely a cast member now. Uh, and she's really cool. I can't wait to find out more about her. But, like, Shep never pushes it, – it doesn't seem we're ever pushed on on his relationship with his girl now going on two years. So that Craig thing – and I immediately when somebody wants something so bad in any aspect of life, I not become leery, but I become suspicious. I become like, uh because also you remember, you're eight seasons in on a reality show now. You kind of suffer from the Jax Taylor disease where they think they know how things are run, man. Like, we know how to... We've been doing this show for eight seasons now. I know how to do this, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to do storylines. And I know what not to say and what to say for the cameras. Like, it's weird. Like, so... To me, that is not exciting at all when people are aware of that. In fact, I have even a bigger distrust of those people because then I start thinking that they are self-editing or they're just flat out lying about that. Now, a big revelation comes out in this week's episode about Craig and Naomi. And part of me was like, is this true or does Craig just think this would make good TV and allowing Naomi to come back and and do that? So let's get into this. Uh, uh, So Southern Charm. Season 8, Episode 1. Now, folks, we always look at the title. The title, if you are Da Vinci coding with me, if you are Southern Charming with me, we always look at the title to give us a hint, a clue into what this episode is about. And this is called Great Expectations. And you're like, okay, like the Charles Dickens book, right? Okay, cool. And then you're like, wait a sec, let's dig a little deeper. And like, how's it spelled? Okay, it says great. And then, you guys, this is a huge clue. It says EX is capitalized dash potations. 
So now we know. What do we know? We know they capitalized the E and X, which means X. Now, when I think of X, I think of uh, a lot of things in my life where I could have done better. No, I think uh, I think of like X X's. So like, okay, now we're like X's. Who has X's? Everybody on Southern Charm. But we do know Craig and Naomi. So you're like, oh, but great expectations. I gotta say. Whoever came up with this title, I, I, I usually do not give it up to them, but I give it up for this title. I think this is an excellent title that plays on two different uh, spectrums completely. I think it is so good because Great Expectations, you can go just like if you don't even see how it's spelled, you're like, cool, opening uh, episode of the season. We have Great Expectations. And also the South, Charles, you know, like you have the South aspect of that. Um, great Expectations. Okay, that works. But then that X, then you're like, whoo. We got hit with a double beanie. Yes. I'm so excited. Luann, are you excited? Uh, the Countess is excited, Ryan. Um, so uh, we get bouncy jazz music, as you do on this show. We see all these shots of Charleston. We see a waterfall. And then we see a brick-and-mortar store, you guys. And on the window, it says, Sewing Down South. And Craig is just, he is, he's dictating to his employees. He's like, blue square, coral square. No, put the blue square over by the coral square. He's, he's really, he's living the, he's living his dream, you guys, of not only being a businessman, but a businessman for his sewing. He's finally showing the world, I'm Craig Conover and I sew, damn it. And I also make money from it. It is very exciting. And he's just bossing people around, but he's doing not, he's in charge, you know? There's a Tom Hanks, uh, you've got mail vibe about Craig Conover in this season, I feel. And uh, he's just like, okay, let's do this. And we cut to, uh, we cut to Austin. Uh, we're obviously going around the cast and seeing what everybody's up to. Uh, we see Austin... Sorry, no, we cut to Shep, and Shep is waking up, and uh, he's like, Craig, and he means the dog, little Craig. Remember his little dog that he named after Craig? And uh, <coughs> Craig, uh, little Craig kisses Shep, and then he goes, oh, are you jealous? Because we realize Taylor, his girlfriend's in bed with him. hey And then we cut to Austin, and this goofball is watering plants, and he's, he's like, eh, just like half-ass, just looks all like, but it's also that plant where I'm like, I don't even know if you love your plants, dude. I feel like you have plants to impress women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a feeling you're like, oh, this old thing? Yeah, I love I love being a horticulturist, you know? And then we cut to Catherine, and Catherine is uh, doing like, what is the cleansing thing with the smoke She's like her and her boyfriend, which, by the way, I still, I, 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 Ch- Cheb or Cleb, they spell it C-H-L-E-B, but I think she was like Cleb or Cheb. Like, I couldn't tell what was the right way to pronounce this guy's name the whole episode, and it really freaked me out. It was spelled, they kept putting it on as C-H-L-E-B, but then I think, then I think at a certain time, Catherine called him Cheb, and then I was like, who's Cheb? Let's call him Chubb. I don't know. It was, you know, so this is her new dude, you know, you know? and uh, they're cleansing each other with this the smoke thing. You guys know. And he's like, oh, let me do you. And they're just cleansing each other. And then we cut to Vanita. And Vanita is in this cute little tennis outfit. I'm trying to be better at uh, noticing fashions, you guys, for the pod. And she's knocking on Naomi's door. And Naomi is back, you guys. Naomi Alindo is back. And she's in a cute little outfit as well. 
Vanita brought flowers for her. They're these tennis outfits, and they're having this banter on the the car ride over. Where you know Naomi's like, "You're really good. I I was on a tennis team in high school, but I was twelve out of twelve, which I don't even know. Like that doesn't even seem like Naomi." Seems like somebody that wants to crush people in everything that she does ever. So it doesn't make sense that she was 12 out of 12. Like, I almost felt like I was like, no way. Naomi would quit the team before she was 12 out of 12. No way. And, uh, you know, they're talking about being competitive and all of this stuff. And Vanita was talking about in high school. She lets us know that girls, she was a nerd in high school. Girls were making fun of her, but then she started modeling like I did, then then influencing as I did. She really followed the Ryan Bailey journey, and now, and now she's on YouTube. No, And then we get to see the shots of her modeling, very beautiful. And Naomi goes, some of us peaked in high school. She's referring to herself. And Naomi lets us know a little bit about her journey, and she says... You know, the thought of coming back was depressing because this summer, you guys, remember Matul, the the doctor that was like perfect, but he would like control what she ate and stuff. And like, we just didn't like Matul. I did not. I got a very bad vibe from Matul because Matul was like, but she was like, he's so grown up. He's like just amazing. Like, and you could tell he was that guy that worked hard, said he play, says he plays hard, but like. His playing hard just turned out that he was just cheating a lot. It seemed like he... So he convinces her to move to New York with him. She quits the show, moves to New York, and guess what? This guy has been cheating on her the entire time. They had a moving moving away party, everything that. And she says, well, I was humbled real quick in the big city. I made it 10 days before I found out my boyfriend was cheating on me. And she goes, and I tucked my tail between my legs, and I hoofed it back to Charleston, and now I'm starting over. Now this, I hope they explore a little more because I find this kind of thing fascinating. To be humbled is a fascinating thing to watch. To be insecure about something or to be rock solid in something and then all of a sudden be insecure about it, I think always can make for fascinating television. And I wonder, because Naomi sometimes has been very not, I've always liked Naomi, but she, she's very, she's not as cocky as the men. So, but I always kind of put women above men anyway, so it doesn't say a lot, but she's always kind of been like, her shit don't stink, and she does things perfect way, and that's why Matul was funny, because Matul was like the perfect guy, supposedly, and usually when you're that out there, not when, when you're, when you're that, they have that, that much, not pride, what is the right word? Uh, but in the, you usually get humbled by life. And I think being humbled by life can make for interesting television. And I hope they delve into her feelings at the time, how she found out, all of that stuff. And uh, Vanita is just like, you got it, girl. Like, this is going to be fine. Don't worry. And Leva, you guys, uh, Leva calls on speakerphone. And Leva's like, have you seen Craig? Have you seen Craig since Vegas? Have you seen? So obviously there was something in Vegas, you guys. That's what we're led to believe. And Leva says, have you seen Craig? Have you seen Craig? In a talking head, Naomi goes, two months ago, I went to Vegas with some friends. Leva was there also with some friends. And Craig was there with some friends as well. Like totally, you know, not planned. And yeah, we all met up. And she goes, LOL. <laughs> she goes, tells Leva, she goes, I have seen Craig. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And Benita's like, boo, girl, boo. Then we cut to Craig's house. And Craig's on uh, the cell, the old cellular telephone with Paige DeSorbo. 
And he's like, what's up, cutie? <laughs> what's up? Miss you. And we finally get to hear, not see yet, Paige, Craig's girlfriend, finally making her premiere on Southern Charm. And he's like, I'm just working on the house. And Paige says, I haven't been there since June. And he's like, well, we're going to see you at Catherine's birthday party. And then Paige goes, is Naomi going? His ex. Craig's ex. And uh, he goes, ah, I'd be surprised. They don't really like each other. In a talking head, Craig goes, Paige and I met over three years ago, and I had a huge crush on her, but she had a boyfriend. But then a couple months ago, we were both single, and that spark accelerated into a mini inferno. First off, that's very dangerous. You know, like that's you're talking about your relationship just being a fire starter and that I do not approve of that. No, 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 no. We need flame retardant relationships. And, uh, so I just like, like who I was like, Craig was like Craig the night before going like, should I say that our relationship was like a single, uh, it was a spark that accelerated into a mini inferno. Does that sound romantic, babe? Like, so he says that, and I was like, oh, okay, Craig, okay, it's a mini inferno. Got it, got it, got it, got it. And uh, I also love the tale of three years ago. I believe Craig was in a relationship three years ago as well. And I don't know, I was trying to think about the realism of that. Is I guess you do have crushes on people, or you have people that you're like, oh, they're really pretty, or they're really cool. But I don't know if you necessarily put yourself in the driver's seat with them, but maybe Craig does that with everybody. He's like, ah, you're really cool. Someday I could see being with you. Like, I wonder if he just does that. It's like, it's like a radar, like Craig radar, you know? Or maybe he just tells everybody that he winds up with, I've always had a huge crush on you, you know? And... Craig also says, though, it's just a great relationship. The things that used to bother Naomi about me, they don't bother Paige at all. Guess what, Craig? I bet they do. I bet they do. I bet you just don't know yet. Um, so in, uh, you know, he we get a flashback of Naomi going like, you just sit home and sew. And Craig's like, what's wrong with my sewing? Craig put all the floor down in this room, and Paige is very impressed. And he's like, yeah, I'm kind of the total package, Paige. And Paige is like, yeah, well, that's why I'm here. What do we think? What do we we think about Paige and Craig? I know they have a lot of fans, but I think we almost liked them separately more than we liked them together. I don't know. What's I should do a poll on this. Uh, Just like a door-to-door. I'll just knock on some neighbor's doors. What do you guys think? We don't watch Southern Charm. Okay, but what do you guys think? Um, We cut to Austin walking to a bar. Sorry, cut to Shep walking into a bar, and Shep is like, ah, I guess I'll take a 16-ounce Trop Hop. Now, Trop Hop, remember, is the beer that Austin has made, where we got to see the episode where he just went to a brewer, and he's like, oh, the brewer was like, taste this. And he's like, okay, taste this. And and he's like, oh, what if we mixed, like, you know, it was like, okay, and then all of a sudden it's created. Like, so that's Trop Hop. No offense, Austin. And uh, Trop Hop, I hear, tastes like deer piss, just FYI. I've actually never heard that, but it actually makes me laugh to think of it tasting like deer piss. Just want to also then just say right off the bat, I've never tasted deer piss. I just, now that I'm realizing I said that, really want to make sure people know no deer piss is ever, not that I'm, like, not that I wouldn't. I, you know, that's the other thing. I'm saying if you want me to drink deer piss, I mean, I'm not against it, you know, it's not a religious thing, but anyways. So Shep comes, uh, uh, so Shep comes in, or sorry, Austin comes in. Guys, I'm really confusing Shep and Austin. 
it's almost like all these guys are the same. <laughs> so they're both drinking Tropop and... Austin's like, everything's good, man. Life is wonderful, which we just know it, there's no way that's true. And uh, Shep's like, are you going to remain a free agent to Austin? And talking head, Austin goes, last year, you know, with my shitty, toxic relationship, I was heartbroken. We get a flashback of uh, Austin at the re- reunion crying like, how do you see how she treats me? She talks to me so fucking bad. <laughs> I do need to remind everybody, one of my favorite Austin moments ever is when Austin is busted having a threesome. This wasn't on the show, but we got video of this where he's like, no, babe, we were all just tired. I didn't, I didn't want to. Be- Madison, Madison, Madison. And he's like trying to poke down his boner out of his like, like he's trying to flip his boner down and his own. He's like, no, this is just, I, I can't hold this, babe. No, it's, a, it's, it's, it's just a normal reaction, babe. Come on, Madison. These girls fell from the ceiling. What are you, I've never met them in my life. Um, Madison. So that's, you know, I always find it funny that then Madison, by the way, Madison probably isn't like super awesome or anything, but I do find it funny that in this instance, Austin gets to be the pious one that was like hurt, you know, and Madison, by the way, is engaged to a dude. I think they're already married, actually. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we're going to meet him this season, though, at all. In fact, I think Madison's kind of like a friend of this season. Um, so uh, we also see a flashback from that reunion, which was great. Where uh, Austin's like, you're a great actor to Madison. And Madison goes, you're a monster. And Madison, you're a monster. And uh, Austin's like, well, you know what? But now my eyes are open and I'm finally the person I want to be. Not according to Summerhouse, Austin. By the way, Summerhouse doesn't get brought up at all. Like they act like it did. I'm like, I wish... Somebody would be like, Austin, then you continue to be an asshole to other people. So you hurt people, hurt people, folks. That's that's my summation right here. Um, but then all of a sudden he's like, uh, this Olivia girl, uh, she's kind of cool. And I guess there's this new girl, Olivia. And we get a flashback to a couple days before where Olivia and Austin are working out. And he's like, uh, she's like, yeah, I'm back here. I'm shacking up with my parents. And Austin's like, let's go get a drink. He's trying to flirt you. You know, I own some plants. Hey, you know. And uh, he goes, this is the most sweaty, uh, the sweatiest I've ever looked. And she goes, oh, my God, look at me. And he goes, I am. Ooh, I am. This dude will never, eh, just doing a soft flirt at a gold's gym. Eh, I do see how sweaty you are, baby. Call me Austin. <laughs> call me, call me the Crawlinator. Call me Cruel the Warrior King, baby. Yeah, you know what? I love sweat. I just tell you, I think you have very sweet smelling sweat. I love it. Don't ever shower, please. Let, make me that promise right now that you will never shower after today, because I love you just the way you are, baby. It's just creepy, and you just know this guy. You know, his head's been blown up so big that he probably is so flirtatious at this point that he just can't even control it. He can't even help. He's like, oh, man, I'm just telling people they 
They're awesome, even though they're sweating right and left, you know? Um, so he met Olivia through Leva, and so I guess, and this is another creepy dude thing he did. She was in a picture of Leva's, and he was like, I wrote, who the hell is this? And I, and he, then he goes, and that looking left emoji? Dude, I use emojis, but like, look at, this is my life. Like, you're like, that dude, I expect to use emojis, but Austin... Dude, don't be fucking... You're a creep, man. Using left... Oh, mo, uh, look, uh, emojis? And, like, your butt Leva... Like, and why would Leva ever, unless this was just good for the show, why would you ever introduce your friend to Austin? It'd be like, have fun. I would just... I would actually say, hey, before you do, will you watch last season of Summer House and then let me know if you still want to meet Austin? And Shep's like, yeah, dude, like, go down the road and see what happens with that girl. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't always have to turn into a fucking relationship. And I'm like, Austin, probably with you nine times out of ten, it doesn't. And uh, (laughs) Shep says, you know, know who else is back? Naomi's back. I heard a rumor Craig and her on good terms and maybe something more. And Austin's like, no, no. And Shep's like, well, someone told me Vegas. And Austin's like, yeah, no, I asked him about that. No, him and Paige are already a thing that didn't happen. So then we cut to Naomi and uh, Vanita back on the tennis court and just dumb. I, I don't like physical activities. And I, I, I got to tell you, I don't like them in my real life and I don't like them in my shows. <laughs> I don't like them in my stories. Uh, so they sit down after their uh, gripping game of tennis and uh, they're talking. They're like, oh, so Leva was trying to drop a bomb in the car about Craig. And Naomi goes, Craig and I will always be a big part of each other's lives. That's all there is to say. And yeah, you know, we did see each other in Vegas. We cut to Shep saying, God, I haven't seen Craig in a couple months to Austin. And uh, he's like, you know, it's like low-grade attempts at friendship here with somebody I've known forever. And Austin says, well, Craig thinks you don't want him to succeed. And Shep says, you know, let me be real. Let me be real honest about my feelings with Craig. I love Craig, but how you deal with success is extremely telling. It's an extremely telling thing. Can you maintain friendships and be a good person? I don't think he works to maintain friendships with me or you, especially. He puts it back on Austin. He goes, let's be real honest about that. Austin says, I do sometimes feel it's his way or the highway. And, uh... And you could just tell Austin's like, yeah. He's like, he thinks he's the big shot of the century. Shep says, and there's a there's a small reckoning coming, which always I always get scared when somebody says a reckoning because then I just think about January 6th. I was like, oh no, January 6th. We come back from commercial, ba doo ba ba dee dee dee. We are doing more activities. We're pay- playing basketball with Cleb, Cheb, Chubb, and Catherine, and uh, it's I just don't like physical activities. So they're like, oh look at how he's shooting. Catherine's shooting. She makes. She makes a bucket. Who cares? Uh, Caleb, Club, Chubb. uh, She says, me and Chubb have been together for six years now. No, sorry, for a year now. (laughs) I really just almost really confused you. They've been together for a solid decade now. They've been together for a year, but at the six-month mark, they moved in together, and they decorated the house together, so it's very exciting. I've seen Catherine go through a lot of relationships, so I'm not getting – I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket yet. You know, I got to feel it first. And uh, she's like, I just feel it's the first relationship that has moved at a pace. And I was like, well, that's not, I don't move, maybe moved at a, a, a appropriate pace, but not even, I don't even really think it's appropriate because, I mean, that's still pretty quick, pretty quick, right? I don't know. Who do, what I, I'm an old, I don't know. Um, 
So she turns 30 and she's going to have a big uh, party. So this is going to be big. And she's like, I thought it would be in my 20s forever. But I had two beautiful babies in my 20s. And then we see a flashback to her and Thomas. She's like, Thomas, stop. Her screaming at Whitney. She's like, you came to our house with a motherfucking strip club, you asshole. And then we uh, have that one scene where Thomas is crazy. Uh, what was that her name? Ashley was like, you're nothing but an egg donor, which made me want to bite a pillow. I was so angry that night. I remember watching that scene. I was like, how dare you? You are loony pants. Um, she's like, it's a new decade. You know, it's a new decade. My thirties, you know, it's, I get to take everything I learned in my twenties and, and, and bring it to a new decade. I'm like Phoenix rising from the ashes. She says, um, she's like, uh, it's a zest for life. I want it like a roaring twenties, but more like a, like a great Gatsby, but more like a great Catsby. Cause her name's Catherine's K. Okay. Okay. So we're all, okay. So now we cut down to sewing down South. Craig is, uh, you know, showing some, Hey, these are good pillows to lay on. And, uh, guess who comes in? John Pringle. John Pringle has made it back. You guys, uh, I will always be endeared to, John Pringle because he sent me a birthday message and because he took me making fun of him really well, like really well. Like I, I was very upset. This is two years ago. This is a long time ago. So I've grown a lot as a person since, but I was getting upset because I think women and men in the Bravo audience, like all of a sudden, like get all hot and bothered about anybody with a pulse on these shows. So I was like, what the, like Pringle, like, and listen, with his shirt off, like, it's like with a sh- his shirt off, he, you know, he gets closer to a 10, I guess. But then I was like, he doesn't, he looks like the little, like, he just, I, I, I did a whole thing. I think you can still find it on my Instagram and my uh, highlights, because it definitely was a highlight. But I compared to him a lot of people that I actually think he, like, he looks like the cast of Jackass. He looks like the, the amazing um, little person actor from Game of Thrones. Um, he looks like that. Like, he looked, you know, and I'm like. Yeah, like for a certain type, but he's carrying it. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, he handled it beautifully because he, you know, and I, oh, he's he's a good. So I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back. So anyways, he's at Craig's store and he's like, oh, yeah, brother, let's have a beer. I guess Craig has a, a beer tap at his at his uh, sewing down south, which I guess is cool at first because it's Craig. And maybe that is the way to go. I've never been at Target and being like, I need a Jägermeister shot. Like, maybe it would be fun, but at the same time, I just imagine feeling really full and then just wanting to sit down somewhere. Anyways, he says, this it's been a huge success, this brick-and-mortar store on King Street. Uh, they've done $200,000 in sales in the first three months, and they are going to be growing, which is huge. Um, Craig says, this, uh, this bothers Shep, I bet. And John says, yeah, he thinks you're king shit. And he goes, yeah, every time we hang out, Shep like tears me down. It's like, I'm like, you're not nice to me. What did you bring to my life? And so I was like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to stop answering your calls. So I did. Do you notice now there's been multiple instances of Craig doesn't handle situations, he doesn't deal with them. He just lets them fall apart. And I'm not making fun of him because I've done that in my life as well. I just can't handle situations sometimes. So I just let them fall away. And that's what Craig, because in Craig's head, he's like, well, this is how he treats me. So I just didn't, you know, but he's missing that aspect of, oh, talking about it. Craig's like, no, it's done. Um, and then he goes, you know, Austin even started doing this, this BS about me. And, uh, 
you know, and he, he just started being a real dick. And I was like, I was newly single because me and Natalie had broken up and we have a flashback of Natalie. And he's telling this story. He's like, so now it's summer. I'm hanging out with Paige. Not exclusive. I just, not exclusive. Craig always loves to say he's not exclusive with Paige before. He was like, no, no. Very specific date. Nope. Check my calendar. Not exclusive yet. Like, I, there was... There should have been a big fucking party when they were exclusive because this guy said exclusive so much. Like, I was like, he almost seemed like a girl with it. And no offense to the women listening, which the majority of, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes girls actually pay attention to the dates more than guys do. I'm sure you've noticed that as well. But Craig's like, there's like contractual. He's like, nope, nope, nope. We are, uh, nope, we, we're not exclusive yet. I know that date, but like the back of my hand. And he's, but he's, it's, it's weird. It's always like a technicality. He's like, no. I, like, it seems like he fucked right up until the hour before they were exclusive. Like, he's like, I got all of it out. So he goes, and you know, he goes, uh, we weren't exclusive. And I rebounded with Natalie, you know. And then he goes, only happened twice. <laughs> only, hey, only, I, I love it rebounded with Natalie. Usually that refers to one, but he goes, only happened twice. <laughs> He goes, I told Austin it happened, but I also told Paige, which is like, put, I want to see that conversation. And he goes, um, so he got mad at me this one time and he was with Paige and he turned to Paige and he's like, why don't you just tell Paige how you fucked Natalie, you know, the other night. And Paige goes, I already know. And then he was, she was like, what a fucking friend. Why are you friends with this guy? Which I just love that. The conversation really did get turned around where Craig almost looks like a hero for fucking Natalie twice. Like he's like, Paige is like, who, who's this shitty Austin guy? What? Listen, I want you to fuck as much as you can. Let me just be real clear about that. Even though I love you and I eventually want to be exclusive up until that moment, which you steer the ship on this. It is your ball game, Craig. I want you to get your fuck on. Like, and how dare anybody stand in your way? How dare anybody use it against? It's fun. To me, it's funny. And I was like, wow, Craig really paints himself out to be a hero. You know, he's like, I have told her, not exclusive. Thank you, Craig. Hero Craig Conover. John says, uh, well, that's a little bit of, that's a little bit of insecurity right there, huh? In regards to Austin. And Craig goes, yeah, if Austin came right now, I'd hang out with him. You know, I don't, but hey, I don't tell him secrets anymore. I don't trust him anymore. I'm like, oh no, are you going to tell the other kids in sixth grade? I don't tell secrets to Austin Kroll anymore. I'm going to go out and play tetherball now. Like, what are we, what are you fucking, you're like 40 or something. What are you talking about? I don't tell secrets. Like, even if you don't tell secrets to him, just keep it to yourself. Don't go like fucking gossiping to other Pringle about telling secrets. Are you out of your mind? And Pringle laughs. He goes, hey, all the good cornerstones of a good friendship. And Craig goes, ha, 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 ha. We're now at Shep's house. And Shep's doing a showering scene. And Taylor's there. And they're doing a little conversation. They're like, oh, Austin's coming with Olivia to this uh, this party. And then uh, Taylor's like, you've been in the shower forever. This is as long as you've ever been in the shower. And I don't even think you wipe your crevices correctly. Which crevices, I've got to say, the more I hear it, it grosses me out. I don't love the word crevices. Okay. And uh, Shep goes, am I out of shape? I don't think I'm out of shape. And then Taylor goes, round is a shape. <laughs> I really like Taylor. And uh, Shep and talking guy goes, we've been together almost two years now. We are, we're not living together. Uh, Taylor lets us know in a talking head, she gets her own talking head, that she has her own place. She goes, I bought a little condo when I moved to Charleston. But then Shep's talking head, he goes, she stays here pretty much every night. Sometimes she'll give me the night off. I love when guys are like, ah, oh, women are a big old pain in the ass. They're just like another job. <laughs> Sometimes it gives me a day off. <laughs> 
Um, then they do a little bit with uh, Shep's cologne. And he goes, I believe Taylor wants to get married and have kids one day. And then we cut to Taylor. She goes, uh, yeah, I uh, I used to have a Pinterest board uh, just for, for my wedding. And then we go to uh, Shep. He goes, you know, everything's good. You know, we really have fun together. That's always a horrible word to hear in a relationship. We really have fun together. And then he says, we don't have, you know, structural expectations. And then he tries to find boxers. And she's like, did you, do you, do you, did you smell them? He's like, yeah, I smell these. They're good. So he's pretty much it's like these, this, I don't know if it's all men or just Southern men, but they're like, he's like all the technicalities. Like, Hey, she's awesome because we do not have any kind of arrangement or agreement to actually be with each other. At the end of the day, I could walk out tonight. I could be done with this tonight. I could, you know, like it's always that thing where, and these women are kind of amazing, like to even put up with this in certain ways. And they know that, but they have to come, they have to come to this conclusion. We're watching these, these man children. Uh, I myself am one of them, I'm sure, but we have to watch them get okay with committing that it is not the ultimate sin to commit to a woman, you know? We cut to Olivia Parent's house. Olivia is in a really beautiful dress, kind of the roaring 20s. We meet Gary and Robin, her parents. And uh, she's like, yeah, my roommate situation is I'm living with my parents. When COVID hit, I was in L.A., but I wanted to be my, near my family. And the mom goes, are you excited about your date? And she's like, it's not a date, mom. And dad's like, what's the deal here? And she goes, in late 20s, that was when my parents were getting more married. So the pressure is on. We see Austin knock and she's like, Dad, don't scare him off. These parents are a hoot and a holler, you guys. We're going to have a lot of fun with them this season, I think. The, the wife's like, Dad, uh, why don't you get him, Dad, and give him, the, give him the old drill? And they're like, no, 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 no. And they're like, fine, honey, you can get him. So she grabs Austin and he's wearing these skull and crossbone shoes because he's trying to be hip with the tuxedo look. He's like, I'm, also, I'm an artist, you know. Classic Austin bullshit. And we find out, um, we find out from her about the, uh, the story of how she, Olivia met Austin and he's like, Austin kind of slid into my DMS, you know, and he kind of makes me nervous and I haven't felt that way in a while. Wow. What a story. When you tell your grandkids about that, about grandma and grandpa, well, grandpa kind of slid into my DMS and sent me an eggplant emoji and uh, with some fingers. Yeah. Anywho, um, he's like, oh, how, how we doing, y'all? He's like, oh, hip hop. How we doing? You, got, hey, you, got, you have a beautiful home here. You have beautiful. I know that's not his accent, but that's kind of like the vibe. Yay, man. Everybody's trying to be McConaughey and dazed and confused. All right, all right, all right. What are we doing in here? And uh, the dad's like, well, a little concerned about the skull and crossbones on your shoes. And uh, the mom's like, yeah, what are we thinking when we put those shoes on? The devil? No. Um He's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, eh. so then we cut to Catherine and Chubbs or Klebs or Clebby Chubb and uh, they're getting ready for the party. And she's like, I invited Naomi too. I did it on a whim. I'll be the bigger person. But what she did to me last year really hurt me. In a talking head, Catherine goes, last time we spoke was when her father passed away and she visited me when my mom died. But then the Instagram post, she wrote, how dare you spread that rumor about Cameron Eubanks? How dare you? And, uh. She goes, Naomi and I have no reason to have a problem with each other. And then she goes, well, maybe Naomi will apologize to me. I'm like, there's no way. There's just not like you starting that rumor, even if it was true, is very harmful, you know? Um, 
And then her makeup lady's like, does Craig know that Naomi's coming? And Catherine goes, yeah, they hooked up in Vegas. And then we get a flashback to Craig telling Catherine on the telephone in the car that they did hook up, which Craig is like, like, oh, you won't tell Austin secrets, but you'll tell Catherine, the one that busted out Cameron Eubanks, supposedly for her infidelity or or her husband's alleged infidelity. Like, make make it make sense. And uh, so uh, she's like, "Okay, okay, sounds interesting. And they, uh, they, then the lady goes, well, is, is, does Naomi know about paid that they're exclusive now? The word exclusive again, you guys, Catherine's like, I don't think so. We cut to Vanita and Leva and Naomi getting ready. It's a lot of flowery silk PJs, you know, the typical women getting ready scene. Naomi says, um, Catherine and I haven't talked in a year. Um, and, uh, but you know, she texted me and she was saying all perfect things. So I wanted to come. Um, so she's coming. When someone says they want to start a new decade, you can't say no. You got to keep that. You, you don't want to keep that negative energy going. Naomi saw, says you want to take the olive, olive branch. And Vanita says, we are not going to cause a scene tonight. And Naomi says, Vanita is like, I'm here to look good. Do not cause a scene. We get a flashback to even Vanita get into an argument with Catherine last season. Uh, and then Leva goes, what if Paige is there? Will it be awkward? And Naomi goes, if they're together, I mean, that'd be fine. And a talking head Naomi goes, it's not a big deal. Or is it? Leva says, there's still something there, right? And she goes, we have a very deep love for each other. And she goes, but also, don't do that mom thing, Leva, where when I see Craig, you get all weird and make it uncomfortable. I do want to point out, though, do you guys remember the season where Naomi was definitely not in very deep love with Craig and pretty much made fun of him a lot? So anyways, Catherine and Chubbs get invited over to the, uh, or get dropped off at the party. Catherine's in a full flappers outfit. She's like, let's do this. It's like, oh, this is a great Catsby party. Uh, Jacqueline, the event planner is there. And she's like, oh, we, we, we have a thousand flowers and rhinestones just all over the plate. We put them everywhere. And, uh, Catherine's like, oh, I even love the music. Sounds very Catsby. And she goes, I want to start this new decade with a blank slate, all new beginning. I get it now. Like guys, I get it. New, new, new decade, new slate, all that. I get it. Um, <clears throat> they're all cheersing and, uh, they're an interesting couple. I like, I like this dude actually. John Pringle comes in. Catherine's like, Pringle, what's up? You know, he goes, you look really great. Craig and Paige walk up. You can tell Craig is very excited. The King of Bravo. Uh, his, his vest, by the way, doesn't seem big enough. Like his vest was ill-fitting. <laughs> I can't tell if that's how they wear it in the South. And Paige goes, I just want everyone to be nice. And I was like, does it really matter? Because you'll just talk shit about anybody anyway. Um, and uh, Craig goes, don't worry. They're only mean to me. Mm. Paige meets Catherine and Chubbs and they're all talking and Craig's like, uh, or Catherine tells Craig, oh, she's so pretty. John says, John Pringle says, hey, to Paige. And uh, he's like, oh, I was ironing my jacket in bed before I got here. And Paige is like, where else would you do it? Trying to bring that Paige DeSorbo wit to Charleston. We cut to Austin and Shep and their dates walking all in. The gang's all here. Catherine tells Shep, I'm 30. Isn't that crazy? Austin hugs Catherine. Austin shakes Pringle's hand. Paige kisses Craig and goes, you look so good. Ooh, things are happening, folks. And uh, Catherine, though, lets us know. She goes, oh, my retinol, my face, I'm peeling, she tells Shep's girlfriend. And uh, she does, like, it really looks bad. It looks like makeup's been smeared all over her face, and it gets worse progressively through the night. And I was like, ooh, this is not going to be good for people that screen, you know, like, take pics and makes memes and stuff. Um, Olivia meets Paige. 
Uh, Austin comes and hugs both of them and is like, welcome to Charleston. And then Shep uh, is back in the conversation with Catherine. He's like, man, nine years we've known each other. And in a talking head, Craig goes, you know how you see someone and you picture them at that certain age? Catherine will always be that 21-year-old girl. And he's like, we haven't grown at all, emotionally or physically. Um, Leva, Naomi, and Vanita come in. Catherine hugs them all. And uh, Naomi goes, you look like a big diamond, Catherine. And Catherine and talking head goes, she should have walked in and said, thanks for inviting me. I want to talk to you. That's what a normal person would do. Catherine's already heated. And I'm like, what? No, that's not it at all. Naomi says, uh, yeah, it was very clear that I was getting a fuck you look from Catherine. Paige uh, meets Naomi. And so this is Naomi finding out. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, and Craig weakly waves to Naomi. Uh, we cut to Catherine and Shep talking again. And uh, Shep's like, do you know what's going on with Craig, with Craig, Naomi, and Paige? And Shep's like, it's it's been four years since they you know they were together so who cares and then Catherine goes they hooked up in vegas and chef's like you sure about that and he goes yeah he told me she was um she was trying to be even exclusive in regards to naomi and she said i i told her that this is not a thing and you know she wants it to be a thing so it was like naomi wanted this to be a relationship and then uh Shep's like, apparently what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. Hey-o! Shep hugs Craig. He's like, good to see you, man. Good to see you. And Craig's like, man, it's good. You know, good to see you. We haven't seen each other in a long time. I spent a lot of time in New York. And, they've, you know, I guess they haven't seen each other since Memorial Day. And Craig's like, oh, wow. And Shep's like, that is unacceptable, Craig. Catherine is talking to Leva. Her makeup and retinol is all smeared. And she's like, her, you know, Leva's like, well, your receiving of Naomi, you know, it didn't seem like it was that good. And Catherine's like, I hope she isn't trying to put that shit on me. I won't accept it. And I was like, oh, no, Catherine is drunk. Um, Naomi's over there just drinking a martini. We cut to Leva and Austin. And it's like, you having fun? So like, it's low stress. You know, it makes me happy. Sorry, Olivia and Austin, his date, Olivia. It's like, it's low stress. It makes me happy. Guess who walks in? Madison. Madison, what are you doing here? Pringle goes, comes over, he goes, hey, Madison just got here. Craig goes, hey, Austin, buddy, Madison's here. And and Austin's like, oh, oh, shit. Like, he's trying to be cool, but he's like, so not being cool. And Madison walks up to Austin, and Austin goes, Madison LaCroix, how did I know you'd show up? And Naomi's like, he's blushing. He's blushing. And Austin, and they're talking to head, he goes, huh, ee, 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 like with a knife. And I'm like, ugh. And he goes, I, I, he goes, I'd bet a million dollars that Madison would show up. I told somebody that today. And Madison goes, do you even have a million dollars? And he goes, nope, I do not. <laughs> so Pringle jumps in. He's like, hey, all right. What's up, Madison? Um, Pringle always, by the way, looks lost in this episode. Like he's trying to get in on a scene somewhere. And I'm like, let Pringle in. It's like that, uh, what is that game you play in all, like Red Rover, Red Rover, send John Pringle right over, you know? Um, so uh, then Austin tells his date, he goes, you know, don't worry, everything's good. And she's like, I'm not worried. And he goes, am I sweating? <laughs> Naomi goes, Austin, just breathe in, breathe out through your nose, breathe in the air. I'm like, well, that's got to be great for his date to see. Naomi tell him how to breathe. Austin goes, I, I, Austin, I don't care if she's here. I don't care if she's here. Yeah, I don't care. You know, I don't care. And uh, she says, uh, Madison says, I bet you wished I didn't come tonight. And he goes, hoped, prayed, and wished. She, uh, 
the Olivia goes, God, we should be on our first date right now and not talking about your old homegirl. Uh, Cleb or Chubb and Vanita are talking. They're talking about excited to be here to celebrate Catherine's B-Day. And he goes, I just want this to be positive. He says, when we started dating, your name, Vanita, would come up. But since I've been in her life... I make her realize she has no enemies. She's growing. In a talking head, he goes, it's Catherine's birthday. She should feel like the princess that she is. I want these girls to make her feel happy and feel like the queen that she is. I like this dude. Like, it seems like that is the correct, that is how you should feel, you know, um, on your birthday. But I love that this guy is looking out for that. Uh, we see everybody dancing. It's 10, 18 PM. Catherine says, baby, I'm sleepy. And Shep grabs a champagne bottle, tells Craig and Austin, Hey boys, let's go have a, a chat. They also have shots and, uh, they're out there. And Craig says, uh, didn't expect Naomi to, to, to be here, but definitely didn't expect Madison to be here. When did you see her to, uh, Austin Shep goes, Hey, what about, uh, the Vegas thing I'm hearing about you and, uh, you and Madison and, because Naomi texted me and said uh, everything, you know, everything's okay. And then, and then Shep goes, and then you hooked up. And Shep goes, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Craig, Shep goes, then you hooked up. And Craig goes, yeah, we did. And Austin goes, what? Oh, you're a good liar. Oh. And then it's like, the, oh, you didn't, you lied to me. Oh, you didn't tell me a secret. Oh. In a talking head, Austin goes, Craig is supposed to be my best friend. But it shows where our relationship is going. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yes, I would know. Uh, uh, you know, because it's not, it's not healthy. I should know. Austin says, "I am stunned right now, Craig." And Craig's like, "I could never. I couldn't. I wouldn't tell you. I don't want to tell anyone." Austin says, "One day you'll wake up and realize I've always been advocating for you. <laughs> like this is really beginning to feel like a romance. Like one day you'll realize you walked out on the best thing that ever happened to you, Craig Conover, Austin Kroll, the Warrior King." And uh, then Austin, uh, or sorry, Shep, then gets involved, and he goes, "Hey, you just tried to say that you know you're his best friend, and you won't. You talk behind his back." You know, so now Shep's getting in on Craig and Craig goes, shut up, Shep. You know, I don't think you're the most positive person. And Shep's like, that's bullshit, man. I root for you, you know? And he goes, you, Craig, you can't, Craig goes, you can't even step in my store without getting angry. And he's like, what are you even talking about? He's like, I, I came to your store. He's like, cause Taylor made you. And then Shep goes, what man hangs around retail stores? There were sells pillows. Come on. Craig goes, and you know what? Another day, I'm not doing this. And Shep walks inside. Craig meets up with Paige. And Catherine says, you know, why don't we go sit outside to her boyfriend? And uh, they get their picture taken to get together. And he goes, babe, how are you feeling about tonight? And she's like, I greeted Naomi and Vanita. And there's been no eye contact from them. And he's like, I talked to Vanita. And she's like, oh, you did? And then she goes, you are not loyal. And she's like, stop. And he goes, no, you stop. And he goes, you're tripping. And she's like, no, you're tripping. He's like, this is, you're not loyal. She's like, that shouldn't even happen, that conversation. So I'm like, oh no, this is when alcohol does not play a good role in this. And she's like, I'm just, just be calm, you know, which is always then a bad thing to say to a woman. And she's like, I always am. And he's like, no, you're not calm. And then he goes, you look nice tonight. And he, there's a shot of her. There's a smeared retinol and makeup. She's like, I want to go home. He goes, right now? She's like, I'm going to go home. And he's like, don't be like that. She's like, I'm not being like anything. 
And I'm like, oh, wow, new decade. All right, positivity. And Naomi says, uh, Catherine has assumed something with me. And then Catherine walks up to Leva and Naomi and, and, and like, they're like, oh, do we have the same bag? And that's how Catherine walks up. And then she goes, my greeting was not meant to be awkward. Catherine says, maybe, maybe me as an awkward person is what you're feeling. And I do definitely feel hurt. But by you last year, when you said I should be ashamed of myself and Naomi's like, you tried to ruin a good person's family. And she goes, you're not better than me. You're not better than me. And Lev is like, this should be a Wusa moment. And it's like, no, it's not a Wusa moment. It's a fake moment. And uh, Naomi's like, I don't like the way you fight. And she's like, how do I fight? And Naomi's like, dirty. And Catherine goes, how the fuck do I fight dirty? And she's like, I'm not fucking scared of you. You know? Uh, and they was like, I'm not fucking scared of you being the loudest person in the room. This is ridiculous. And then Catherine's like, you don't have to be condescending because I have passionate feelings. You don't have to be, con- you know? And then she goes, you petty little bitch. Catherine's like, you petty little bitch. I can say how I feel. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. You aren't going to take accountability. And then Naomi just walks away. Vanita follows her. And then Catherine's like, she is a petty ass bitch. And Catherine says, I'm ready to go. This is going to be the last time I say it to Chubbs. And she's like, Chubbs like, what? And he's like, she's like, you're going to stay at my party? No, you're coming too. And Craig is like, Catherine, come here, come here, come on. Because Craig knows, like, come on, this is our show. Paige says, your whole shtick is that you're whole, all polite. No, Paige says to Craig, she's like, damn, your whole Southern charm shtick here is everybody's all polite. In New York, we just say it to your face. I'm like, Paige, you've said plenty of shit behind people's backs. And uh, she's like, here, you guys linger. And that's the end of the first episode. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about this. There is a lot of stuff. Let me know if you guys enjoy it. Let me know if you love Southern Charm. What are your thoughts? What do we look at how weird my hair? I wore a hat all day and it's like really brushed my hair a very certain way. That's another YouTube thing. It's kind of taken away the natural curl. Do we like it? That's the question. Anyways, uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you on YouTube. Thank you to the podcast. What a great episode. Please go watch Love on the Spectrum. I think it is just a magical show, and I will talk to you bright and early on Wednesday. Bye. Betches.